everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 98 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. Did you guys miss us last week? Did you miss being here, Matt? No. No? <laughs> not even, I didn't even notice. <laughs> want to apologize for not doing a show last week. Uh, Matt was out. He was up north taking care of some stuff. Um, we had problems getting someone else to come in, and then Sam left for vacation. And in fact, even with this episode, this is going to be somewhat of a special episode because we do not have Sam here. There's an empty chair Mm-hmm. In front of the TriCaster, which Missing makes us, man formation. Yeah, which makes us a little sad. So the production values of the show today are not going to be quite what you're used to. There's going to be no camera cuts between Matt and I. We're going to be stay locked on this two shot, which honestly is what every other podcast does. Yeah. It's funny. I watched. Uh, Lucky if you get B roll. Yeah, kind of funny. Started trying to do camera cuts on its stuff, mm-hmm. and if you look in the comments, all the kids are like, "Just stay on the two shot. <laughs> Don't cut." And I mean, maybe their TriCaster operator isn't. Uh, isn't up to speed yet. Well, some people like to watch the people who aren't talking. Yeah, I guess so. Because sometimes it's interesting to see what the other person is, what their face is doing. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a good TD, and we do, Sam is great, yeah. uh, they know how to read a conversation. And they know when to go to that one shot, when one person's getting mm-hmm. really passionate about something. So we're like everybody else this week. Hopefully you guys are cool with that. <laughs> We will have tons of B-roll on the show, so uh, don't sweat it. Uh, and also, it is going to go up a little later, so you're going to be watching this. It's going to be Saturday morning instead of late Friday night like it usually is. So, welcome to the show. We have a great one today. Matt, we've been struggling along all summer trying to come up with topics for the show. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job. I think the shows were good, yeah. but today... There wasn't much in the way of releases. No, but today. Today... The dam has broken. It has, and we have a show completely full of games. We have one topic... That's obviously still games related, but the rest of the time we're talking about actual games that came out over the last week and a half or two weeks. So really excited about it. We're going to start off with a game uh, that has been doing really well with critics, mm-hmm. um, and I know is near and dear to your heart, and that game is Sonic Mania. Yeah, as a as a Sega fan, I was hoping this one would deliver, and uh, I, th- I think it has. Frankly. And you are a died in the wool Sega fan. Yeah, uh, love Sega. I mean, Sonic isn't my bread and butter, really, especially... I mean, look, to me, Sonic peaked at Sonic 1 or 2. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Um, yeah. And my one complaint with Sonic Mania is that it uses a lot more Sonic 3 than I'm comfortable with. Well, I think the Um, most common complaint I've seen about it in general is that it it just maybe reuses a little bit too much content. It does reuse some stuff, but I don't really have a problem with much of that because um, I like the way they do it. Uh, my, they just use a lot of mechanics from Sonic 3 in places that I've always felt muddied things up. But the main yeah. thing I didn't like about Sonic 3 is I didn't like, and Sonic and Knuckles is I don't like that art style. Mm. And they went with more of a Sonic 2, Sonic CD style art style for Sonic Mania, and I like that. So I, I, that was not, it's, that's a very minor complaint, just in the sense that like the the theme song that plays when at the title screen is Sonic 3 and not. Real Sonic, eh, my, yeah, not a big deal. Uh, but it's, it's just like little, you know. Because the whole the whole game is so wrapped up in you know remembering what made Sonic great in the 2D era and what we miss about it and why we liked it. And uh, like I like, like I said, like they they do go back to old zones, like the the Chaos Emeralds or whatever that Robotnik stealing or Eggman, I guess now they're calling him. Uh, <laughs> One way or what the is other. the deal with that? What what he makes was, him Robotnik or Eggman? He I, mean, was, I know Eggman came along later. He was no, he was called Eggman in Japan. Okay. And the, the Sega of America called him Robotnik. Um, and eventually, in Sonic Adventure, they turned uh, Eggman into a, like a derogatory name that Sonic called him uh, to, to make fun of him. And over time, the English versions have just sort of adopted Eggman as 
part because that's like why everything in like the old games was all egg themed, right. like the yeah. death egg and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And American audience were like, "What? What is that? <laughs> What's with all the egg stuff?" And so they, but so like Robotnik just is kind of it's like a dual name. And then like there's like a this, the comic had a different explanation where like uh, I think there was another another guy from another like Robotnik got killed and the guy and Eggman was a version of him from another reality that showed up and became a new <laughs> villain or something. I don't know. Um, don't Way don't go down don't go down the Sonic continuity rabbit hole. There's nothing there. For Even you. worse, the fanfic hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, which this kind of this is kind of a fan fiction game yeah. in ways. Like it's, a, well, it's know, made by a fan. made by a fan that Sega brought in to basically, hey, can you please make a good Sonic game for us? Because how crazy Because we, we don't know how to do it anymore. How crazy! And is that? he he did it. I mean, yeah. it's like, one thing I like is that you're being zapped to these old you know Green Hill Zone. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the Oh, I can't remember the name of the one with the yellow ramps and everything. The second level, uh, is, they're, they're, you know, you'll recognize them. And the great thing is, like, on, you know, the Act 1, you start out and you're like, oh, this is the old level. And then, right. like, as you get maybe third or halfway through, it starts to, like, branch out. And, like, more is, there's more new stuff there. And by the you get to Act 2, it's brand new, but it's just in the same, like, you know, same assets, basically. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I think that works really well. And there's a couple of things where uh, there's a, some places that are really challenging. Uh, even as a Sonic veteran, there's a couple of things where I'm like, oh, you're not, you're not toning this down. Like, you've got to find your way through here. Because that's the thing people forget is, like, you, you kind of have this thing. And I've seen some people on Gaff and Twitter and some places kind of talking. It's like, like, you know, I don't know how to play a Sonic game, I realize, playing Sonic Mania. And, like, because people are, like, confused. Like, oh, I thought you were supposed to go really fast. But a lot of Sonic levels are, like, real tricky platforming and, and timing. I always feel weird doing that in Sonic games, though. Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like, you know, it was kind of... His brand was built on speed. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of always have in the back of your mind, I'm supposed to be going a lot faster than I am. But you're right. There's, some of the level design in yeah. the series is very intricate. And, you, and there's parts, too, where... You do something and you go deeper into the screen and, you mm -hmm. know, running really fast through something like that, you're not going to get the ultimate payoff from the game, I think, that you yeah. could get. And, uh, it, you know, you're, you, they, they get a good variety of different types of, of gameplay in every level, I think. Like, there's areas where, like, okay, if you stay up top, you'll be doing crazy roller coaster stuff. If you go down low, you're going to be underwater doing yeah. platforming, trying not to run out of air, which is a very different approach because you move so slow underwater. Yeah. And there's a lot... It's... it's it keeps it interesting, and like even when you got to redo stuff, there's always like another way you can try going and to get around what you're stuck on. And like I really, I really like that because because to me, so the old Sonic the strengths of the old Sonic games, especially Sonic Two, was not necessarily got to go fast. It was figure out how you want to get through this. Yeah. And you know, whereas like the, like a Mario, especially at the time, Mario was more about you have to get through this challenge, like get past this part of the level. And Sonic was like, I don't like this part of the level. I'm going to go over it. Right. I'm going to go yeah, under yeah. it. And I always liked that. Yeah. That was a that was a. a it certainly had a lot Sonic. more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about Sonic Mania that I really like is uh, bosses pop up fast and furious and uh they're real clever like like you never really fight the same boss battle twice like you're constantly doing different things and even in context with all the bosses you've already fought in all the other sonic games that have ever been made like there's a lot of stuff in this that are like oh like that's that's a new idea or like um one of the ones uh that's, i think the second major boss is uh robotniks in a uh in a jet and you're racing along like a highway, and his like buddy little egg robot things are flying with him, and he keeps firing missiles. And you have to hit a particular missile that will fly back and hit him, and like it's all just going up and down and around. Like, it's 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 in constant motion, and it's just like this. The, Sonic Mania does a great job of delivering the Genesis Mega Drive experience 
but while doing things that the Genesis and Mega Drive could never have done. Yeah. And, like, like this is the game, like, I think that a lot of Sega fans had in their head when the Saturn came out and just never happened. How do you feel about the visuals? I like them. I mean, it looks good. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it... I mean, maybe it's intentional. Maybe they kind of threw a filter over top of it to make it look a little more retro, but it doesn't look like it's really taking full advantage of... Oh, it is. The hardware, it is. If you, if you watch uh, the, the Digital Foundry breakdown, uh, I don't think I see it as much on mine because it's, a, it's being scaled down to 1080p. I'm playing on PS4 uh-huh. Pro. Uh, but P- PS4 Pro can actually output that at 4K. Wow. And it, and it scales the things up properly. And like, you can see if they, in that video, the Digital Foundry video where they show, like, yeah, it's clean, it's there, it's a 4K 2D image and it looks amazing. Wow! Uh, it looks about as good as that's gonna as a pixel thing is gonna look. At Do you that see resolution. what I'm saying though? When you look at it though, it looks like it has like really rough edges, and a, maybe it's a little blurry. Uh, I think you need to turn off the the clean filter. Oh really? There's there's filter. If you go to the options, there's four filters. There's clean, which is on by default. Mm-hmm. There's uh, two different CRT scanline filters, and there's clear, which is nothing. And if you you change when I change it to clear, there's there's more like pixel edges on things, but the sharpness of it is there. Gotcha. Uh, so I would recommend changing it to clear. What um, do you think about the length of the game? That seems to be, if there is really a common criticism mm-hmm. of the game, that seems to be it, that it's a little short. It is a little short, but like... like it's I, replayable, though. It's re- very replayable. There's tons of different ways to go through it. You can play as Knuckles as well. Like I've, I mean, I've been playing as Sonic and Tails. You can play either as Sonic, Sonic, Alo- Sonic Alone, Sonic with Tails, Tails, or Knuckles, I believe. And I've only played as Sonic with Tails. Well, how does the game change when you play with two at once? Uh, well, it's it's like Sonic Two, so like uh, the main difference is that Tails gets killed a lot when he's not right. able to keep up with you. <laughs> and every once in a while, there's the enemies that like, will grab you and yeah, hold yeah. you, and Tails will jump up and kill him. And he'll uh, he'll take a couple shots at things now and then. But I, I always like him tagging along just because that's Sonic Two. You know, I I, just, I always thought it was cool that they had another that had never really been done before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't like really team up with it. it's not like I don't at least I don't think you can like because some games like he can fly around and right. carry Sonic yeah. and stuff. He that doesn't really seem to happen here as far as I know. Um, but I just like having him along. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas Knuckles, I haven't played as Knuckles, but I assume he can cl- climb because that's usually been his thing: climb and glide. Right. Um, and Tails presumably can fly short distances. So there's different ways to see. Th- there's probably some places only they can. They get can to. get to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, course, which ties into replay. And there's of bias. course the, the all the all the bonus stages. There's like you know every time you hit a, uh, a, a checkpoint, I think if you have a certain number of rings, you can jump in and play that one of those like uh, it's the the uh, Sonic Two style running across the globe, the, the the sphere. You have to pick up all the blue spheres and not touch the red spheres. And some that stuff is hard. Like I've only I think I've only actually hundred percent in like two of them. Wow. And I've been doing it. Oh, and just they're they're tough and they run real smooth unless you're on the Switch. Um, yeah, well, the Switch has problems with like the home screen. Yeah, that's a different. I don't know what that is about. I know, but it runs. Uh, it runs the bonus stages and the special stages with a, there's some frame rate drops. Uh, not terrible, but it's an interesting indication of like you can't even do that, huh? Yeah, that is um, pretty sad. It's uh, it's. I don't know like where that where the fault lies on that. But then, but then the special stages, which is where you get the chaos emeralds. Uh, are based on Sonic CD, right? Because um, they got the fan, which is I, probably I, up until this point in my top two Sonic yeah, games Yeah, Sonic ever. CD's great. And I can't... 
I can't remember the guy's the guy who made this. His name, I think, is Christopher. Well, they, yeah, I don't remember his name either. But they splash his. He's yeah, like, his, his name's name up is there. like a part of the title yeah. screen. And uh, but he is a big Sonic CD fan. Like that's what where they found him was. Um, he was basically doing a version of Sonic CD and like trying to make it playable on modern PCs or uh-huh. something like that. Um, so there's a lot of Sonic CD references in there, and um, in fact, I th- the uh, the opening cinema, the opening animation that plays after the title screen, uh, while I think the music is not very good, it doesn't match very well. Like the art style and the animation style is absolutely son- the Sonic CD. You talk about the, like the cartoon, the little cartoon yeah, thing yeah, where yeah, like they're running that. around. It's great, on, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, but so there's a lot of Sonic CD in there, um, but like. Oh, what was I talking about? Well, here, I'll lead you to the next question that I have. Everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people have been saying best Sonic ever. Would you agree with that? Case could be made. Yeah? Like, if you were to play all of them now and not have, like, that nostalgia for one and two, like, this is a real good iteration on that idea. Like, it's... It's certainly the most complex 2D Sonic ever made. Uh, the levels are very... Even the levels where I'm like, oh, I love... Because I love Green Hill Zone. The, yeah. the classic Green Hill Zone. But, but I'm how like, can you not? But, like, <laughs> the, like honestly, especially Act 2 in, in Sonic Mania is Act 2 of Green Hill Zone. It's better than anything in the first one. Wow. It's, I mean, it's... If you really want to be honest about it, like, there's more impressive stuff in here. And, yes, it's building on what came before. Right. But nobody's done that since 1996. No, you're right. You know, you're it's like, right. It's... it's Really cool to see, and it's and it's cool to see in the sense that like we thought we'd see it in Sonic Four, and it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and this is delivering on the. You know, it almost feels like Sonic Four was like the the failed dry run, and they brought this guy in and be like, "Can you just do that correctly, please?" And he did it. I mean, I understand <laughs> why really it's, crazy. it's a fairly short game in the sense that like, um, you know, you can't take a huge financial risk on making this huge game that no one buys. Made by like, a fan. Made by a fan, but it's like, here's the thing, like, Sonic Mania 2 is going to be probably twice as long. Right. I mean, I feel like well, we're going to Well, the proof of concept's yeah, there. It's, it's all there. I'm the reviews it's are there. Sell really well. I think people, I think the Sonic fans are going to embrace this because it's, A, it's one of their own, and yeah. B, uh, it's exactly what people have been asking for for 20-some years. Like, it's, in, it's great. How long did it take you to finish it? I haven't finished it yet. Oh, you haven't. Um, You're one of those completists, though. You uh, you'll go and play the same. Yeah. Also, I had a lot of stuff to play this week. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went an through overlay. the I went through uh, the first three levels, the first three full. So the end of uh, Sonic uh, Sonicopolis, the, the 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 movie the movie themed one. Yeah. Um, complete with Eggman director's chairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it, but I, I've seen like you know the number of stages and like yeah you're gonna burn through that pretty fast. But there's a lot of stuff to look for, and certainly it's gonna take you a long time I think to get all the chaos emeralds and get the the true ending. If you're into that stuff. Also, so what is it? Nineteen bucks? Twenty bucks? Is it only twenty bucks? I thought so. I thought it was more than that. I don't think so. Did you not buy it? I did, but you I bought it. Look? I bought I bought a bunch of stuff at once. Oh, uh, got you. So I think I, I bought that and like the next game. Uh, and one other, like, all together. So I, yeah. I, I don't remember. I just remember I know it's discounted, but I didn't know it was that discounted. I want to say... That was, seems crazy, 20 bucks. I want to say it was 20 bucks. We can, I can look that up. I mean, they could have definitely milked Sonic fans for more than that. I feel so like if I it is indeed $20, kudos I remember. to I feel uh, like Sega. I, would, I feel like I would have looked twice if it were about paying 20, more than 20 bucks for a Sonic game, if I'm, if I'm super honest. Well, you can buy a package version of it, right? Uh, yeah, I think so, but I didn't. Yeah, you just got the digital version. Mm-hmm. I would have bought it for, uh, um, I would have bought it for PC, but that's not out until the 29th for some reason. Odd that you would buy that game for PC. 
That's crazy to hear. That, that, a so, that a Sonic fan would prefer to buy a PC version of Sonic. Yeah, 19.99. Wow, that's a good deal. Um, I just because I prefer to have everything on PC if it's you're talking about running yeah. smoothly or whatever. Sure, sure. And also, I kind of figure out because of the fan game, maybe if people start modding it or adding their own stuff, it's going to be on PC. So this is pretty much a. No- I'm not waiting two weeks. So. so this is pretty much a no-brainer purchase. Mm-hmm. Would you say even if you haven't enjoyed Sonic for a long time, or maybe never liked Sonic, should someone like that? Pick no, it up? If, if you like the 2D, if you like the old Genesis games, especially one, two, and three, uh, you will like this. Okay. Um, if the it's not going to change anyone's if mind. If the 2D Sonic games it. never did it for you, this is not going to change your mind. I mean, it might just in the sense of the scale of the levels and and the variety on at, at stake or at uh, you know on display, but. Um, I, can, I don't mean it's it's an it's a it's a not a nostalgia trip, but it's a it's a game for people who've wanted that to come back for a long time, and it doesn't and the the strength of it is it doesn't lean on it. So I think it's I think it's legitimately good game design from the confines of the the Sonic the Hedgehog formalist structure. Right. Are, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like like I don't think this is gonna make you a whole lot of converts unless you know because it's it's just Sonic one and two but bigger and better. I would say that's good enough for fans. I think so. I, it's fans, I mean, no brainer. Considering what we've gone through uh, yeah. with this series, <laughs> yeah, I, it's 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 amazing. The last Sonic 2D Sonic game I really enjoyed was Sonic Advance. Yeah, I mean this is, is I mean the Advance games were pretty good. Yeah, um, like one of the you know you had those little bright spots in the Sonic catalog going through, and you know I think Sonic Advance was probably the best it got. Yeah, I actually um, bought Sonic Advance when I was in Japan. It had come out earlier there mm-hmm. and i bought it and played it the whole way on the way back the 11 12 hour flight on the way back and yep. i think i finished it but i i really enjoyed that one but sonic cd sonic one and two mm-hmm. sonic advance in there i've not got to play this yet so it's really i mean sonic i mean sonic one is is probably my favorite in terms of just being the first and like I, yeah. it's also one of the few games where i, I played it i played it at my friend's house because he got it first and we, I played it late night because I was sleeping over, and I played it late night, and he went to bed, and I kept playing, and I finished it, and it went back to the title screen, and I started again. Nice. At like three in the morning, <laughs> I was just, I just kept going. It was, I'm, I've only done that probably three times in my life. Finished the game and instantly started the next game, the new game of it. Um, and uh, but Sonic, I mean Sonic Two is probably an objectively better, better game, game yeah. in design. But like whether one or the other, like this is a very natural continuation with some. Some of the lessons of Sonic 3 kind of incorporated, but not overwhelming the classic Sonic, which because I don't consider 3 and Knuckles to be classic Sonic, really, yeah. because they changed too much of how it functioned and they changed the art style too much. But they did they don't do that on this. They It's like Sonic 2... Honestly, it's like what Sonic 3 should have been. Right. You know, in a way. It, it, introduces, it doesn't introduce Knuckles the way Sonic 3 does, where it's like, oh, who's this guy? He's yeah. just there. Um, he's not actually part of the story so far, actually. Just, you can just play as him. He's just there. But, um... Yeah, I, I give it the highest imaginable recommendation if you're a Sonic fan who thinks that the the you know it's just lost its way. And for twenty bucks, it's pretty much a no-brainer. Yeah, twenty bucks is great. Yep. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about pro- probably at this point one of my top five indie studios mm-hmm. in existence, Housemark. Housemark's been on a run. Mm-hmm. Um, Rezogun obviously is 
But I think for a lot of people, Resogun kind of put Housemark on the map. Oh, yeah. Well, because you, it was, got it, you got it free with your PS4. Right. And so. I think people didn't realize who, who they were, mm-hmm. but then so many people got exposed to Resogun that now it's kind of one of those names that pops up that actually people mm-hmm. pay attention to. I think I didn't, I didn't start really paying attention to him until um, it was kind of the, the, the one-two punch of uh, Next Machina coming yeah. out. Right on the heels of Matter- this game, Matterfall yeah. being announced and shown at E3, and I was like, oh, "These guys got something going on." Well, they they have a thing. They love the voxels, voxels yeah. and they love twin stick shooting. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're they seem judging by this game, they are on a mission to apply twin stick shooting to every imaginable <laughs> genre. Uh, and I wish them luck because uh, so far they're doing pretty good. Because this is a side scrolling. This is Metroid. Yeah, it's Metroid, but it still has twin stick control. It's Metroid, but you're aiming with the twin stick, so it's similar to uh, uh, Shadow Complex. Yeah, but it's much faster. Uh, and more furious action than Shadow and Complex. And much more challenging. Yes, it's it's very uh, very challenging. Um, I, I mean, I haven't died yet, but like, and I'm like through two of the three three worlds. That's pretty impressive. Um, but uh, the multiplier is, game is not working too well. Like, yeah. I, I, I am, and th- that, and the the you've got like some some woman's voice like announces multiplier up and multiplier down, and like she sounds so disappointed when the multiplier goes down. <laughs> and it's just, it, every time you get hit, your multiplier goes down by one. Right. And it's just like multiplier down, multiplier, multiplier down, <laughs> multiplier, multiplier lost. It's just like okay, like you're done. Um, the boss battles are very discouraging in that regard. Yeah. Um, but it's really, I mean, it is Metroid. Like, it is a woman in a battle armor suit, like, with an arm cannon running around as a, a, basically rescuing people and being the only one who can go in and solve this, you know, this crisis where these robots are being, like, going, going rampant because of some new form of matter that's taking over this, like, experimental city. Now, is there any sort of narrative in the game? Because yeah. typically well, their games, it's very light. At the very beginning, you get, like, it's narrated by the, the, the whose name I can't even remember, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the not Samus character, yeah. who's basically like, he's like, that's me, I gotta go in and deal with these people, here we go, let's, let's kill some robots, and it's like, okay, and then I don't think she speaks again, for the, at least for the rest of the game. As oh, really? Like, there's no it's been no story <laughs> things beyond like you got to rescue civilians and something. Civilians will either like thank you or like say what took you so long. That's, that's another that's another hallmark of Housemark games, mm-hmm. rescuing the humans. Yeah, it's in every game. That you, you always got to pick the humans up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a classic thing. It's like yeah. Yeah, Defender did it, and uh, Robotron did it. And yeah, as long as you're as long as you're adapting your twin stick ideas, you might as well. Yeah. Um, it's not been getting great reviews. No, I don't think it's as good as uh, Next Machina. Next Machina has a simplicity that just makes it beautiful. Uh, Matterfall, I think, while it's interesting and there's a lot of stuff that's happening, the controls are really difficult to get used to because they're breaking the mold a little bit more here. Well, yeah, you don't really play games that play like that. Right, and because so, like so, you've got you've got shooting on the stick and jump on R1. And you've got a burst move, which is like, basically, it, it uh, think of it sort of like in because this has been it's been compared to Ikaruga, where like you can you know you flip the the, the ship right back and forth and it, it absorbs different colors of bullets or whatever. So the your burst move can negate bullets and stun enemies. So okay. like good stuff is blue and bad stuff is red in this essentially. So like if you burst, red, bullets are red orange and you'll burst and you'll erase all those bullets near you. And then, uh, if how you're often near, can you do that? That's on a cooldown. Like every I'm second or so. I mean, there's a short, short cooldown. You can't just spam it. Right. Um, and then, if you move a direction with that, you'll you'll burst. You'll like dash burst, so you can 
smash to the ground. You can dash and slide this way, left or right. You can jump up. That's how you get through pl like matter platforms as you kind of burst through them. Right. Um, while the and then L two is like your your good matter beam. So like you use that to fill in blank platforms and rescue. Oh, Civilians with the R R stick. So basically, you're you, you're shooting with the R stick, but you're holding L two to make it the beam. Got that, yeah. that, It's like a modifier. Yeah. So you've got all that happening, and you're so you're trying to move and aim and, and aim and shoot with the stick and jump with this, and then in the middle of that burst and move with the stick to figure out which way you're going to move, and then sometimes you're in midair and you got to fill in that platform and dash down through it and up through it, and it's like basically you're it's like learning how to type. A little bit, and it's not as simple and pick up and go as like Next Machina or Resogun are. Um, and that's another house, which Mark, yeah, <laughs> which is like which is new for them. It's like it feels a little bit like they were struggling to get all the things they wanted to be able to do onto the controller in a in a in a way in a in a, in a mapped fashion that made everything work properly. Yeah, you know, that gave you access to everything because you, you can't really take your thumb off the right stick. You, the face buttons are sort of out of the, the game yeah. uh, for the most part. Uh, oh, and then I think if you hold R2, you have a secondary weapon. You can shoot grenades instead or something, depending on what you have equipped. Would you have like a super weapon as well? Uh, yes. There's a, there's like a, a square, I think, is over overcharge or something like that. That's always um, awkward with a twin stick. If you take your thumb off that right stick, to yeah. Use a I mean, luckily, it, it basically you're you're invincible when that happens, so you're not going to have to worry about getting hit while you're. When well, you're what about aiming it though? Uh, well, then you well you don't have to hold it. It's like, it's like you hit it and she does a like, like that, and, uh, and then yeah. like then you're, by that point you're. So back it's like on an the area stick. attack. No, it's it's like a timed. Um, Super mode. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like you you, you're charged like up, your bullets or... do more damage. You get like a spread gun kind okay, of. Thing. Basically, it's like you get like and depending on. You you collect the, the 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 super mode you know super bar stuff from defeated enemies. So if you're killing enough enemies, you can keep it going. Yeah. There's a, there's like an achievement for keeping it going for like thirty seconds or something like that. Yeah. And I think if you don't do anything, it runs out in like six. It's it's very fast. But um, so you've got that in your back pocket if you need it. Um, basically, I would just say like it's the learning curve on the controls is much higher than anything they've ever made, and I think that's turning people off a little bit because they they people have really loved the sort of the pick up and play easy to understand and very hard to kind of master the in-game mechanics whereas whereas like in next machina when i'm dying i felt like oh i fucked up yeah yeah my whereas, fault. whereas yeah. in matterfall a lot of it's like oh i didn't mean to do that right. you know and that's a new thing for yeah yeah for, for house sure. games and yeah. i think that's where some of the lower reviews are coming from where the challenge isn't necessarily coming in a lot of places from the game throwing crazy stuff at you, it's coming from fing your fingers getting twisted up trying to make sense of all the controls you have to handle. But you felt like eventually you got the hang of it. And More or less, but I don't... More feel, or less. <laughs> but I don't feel like a master of it. I don't feel like I'm always reliably able to do exactly what I want to do in a, in a tense situation. Yeah. And I also don't feel like the game is long enough or... Um, that was going to be my point. It's not long enough or like replayable enough for me to really want to play it long enough to get that good at it. Yeah. So it feels... Because that's the thing about Housemarque's games is the mechanics never get that intense, but it's so short they can't. Mm -hmm. Because you can't pile on options and make something really difficult if you don't give people enough field mm -hmm. to master the mechanics. And this game is about the same <clears throat> length as its other games. Yeah. It's three... Unless something else unlocks. It's, it's three worlds. Uh, and I believe it's three... Like three stages per world and a boss. Okay. Um, so wow, I that's not much. It's not. Um, so I got through like each. The first two I think took me like an hour, 
an hour and fifteen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not. It's not like it's, an, so it's like a two-hour game, but oh, it's, it's probably basically. two, two and a half hours for most people. I mean, I, although I don't know, I, maybe it's harder for some people. It's like, it's a fast running gun thing. I mean, people compare it to Metroid because it's, and I compare it to Metroid because it's, you know, it's reminiscent. As a matter of fact, when uh, my girlfriend came in, she saw it and she was like, "Are you playing Metroid?" I'm like, "No, it's, it's uh, this thing." She's like, "Wow." She like, I thought she like, I didn't. She didn't think it was Metroid. Yeah. Because it didn't look like a Switch game. Right. But like, <laughs> she was. She didn't know what it was. She was like, yeah. "Is that what?" And so, um, uh, but the main thing is like, there's no explanation. Exp- not a lot of exploration. It's not. You know, it's not Metroid in the sense of a big map. To- you're basically running. It's gunning. linear. You're running gunning through. Uh, like a, a fairly linear map with a with an occasional little detour to get a little bonus thing. Like yeah, the this, most common criticism I've seen of it is that it's short and there's no replay value. Yeah, I mean I would agree with that for the most part, unless you're a real completist. Um, I got you know, and there's a lot of like leaderboard stuff where it's like you know, you put your score up against everybody. And I mean, look, right. I, my first time through the first world, all my scores were in the 400 range worldwide. So either not a lot of people were playing this or not a lot of people were trying to master it. Or it could be a combo of both. A little bit. I mean, like, my scores were in, like, the, you know, around, like, a million in these things. And, like, the top scores were, like, three million, four million. So clearly there's room to improve. Yeah. But I don't care. Like, it's just not a thing I'm interested in. Um, Because I went through it and it was fun. It was fine. Uh, How much was it? I think it was 15. That's a little steep. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're if you're juggling housemark choices, I would definitely get Next Machina oh, yeah. into this. Yeah. Um, Next Machina is like probably on my short list for any game of the year. Me too. Yeah. Um, really, whereas we've this, already we gloated over it already in the in the yeah. show, but yeah. It but, but this repeating. is like this is cool, but it's like it's not it's not on the level. It, it's I mean, not up to the it's not the housemark standards. Yeah. It doesn't deserve the housemark. There you go. Um, it does. I mean, it's 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 fine. It's yeah. it's a it's a cool take on a different genre they haven't attempted before, and I like it. But I don't love it the way I loved Resogun and uh, Next Machina. Was this your pick for best indie game of E3? I, it was. You recognize it in some way. Yeah, I, remember. I, yeah. I picked it as the, my, the indie, at least the one I was most interested in because I is after ne- coming off Next Machina, I was excited about their next thing. Yeah. Uh, so this, I, I would say, this was a little disappointing, just in the sense that it's not on par with their other stuff. But at the same time. If almost any other studio made this, it'd be their best game ever. Right, right. You know? So it's like... It, it also illustrates the perils of E3. Yeah. Where you get in there, you have a lot of outside noise, and sometimes like really simple concepts come through a lot stronger than maybe they will mm-hmm. on down the road. You only get that very quick demo, so sometimes it's like, wow, that was amazing. Then you actually sit down and spend more than like 15 minutes with it, and you start to sort of uncover some of the, mm-hmm. the cracks, so... And uh, it's you know it definitely is a good demo of a game, and like you you look at it and you see the possibilities, and I think my main thing is like they gave this gave you all these different controls, and they never quite I, th- I think they sh- they were looking too hard at all what they could let the player character do, and not enough at what they could throw at the player character with what you could already do on a basic level that you could play with more. Yeah. Like I would have liked to have seen a lot more of the challenge come from navigating the the, the levels. As presented in the game, as opposed to navigating levels, is like, can I remember which button does what? Right. You know, and eventually you get it, but it's also like, well, when it's only two hours long, how much time do you yeah, really well, have? Yeah, well, it's also like, think about you know that L one button, the, the 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 burst button, it's standstill burst, slam burst, you know, dash up burst, slide burst, and then different, you know, in in midair, there are also different things there. So that one button combined with that stick does four or five different things. Right. And if you're not exactly on the ball, exactly what you want to do, 
you're going to do the wrong thing. And sometimes that can be disastrous. And, you know, it's a, it's a learning curve. I'm used to that with like fighting games and stuff. Yeah. You got you to gotta learn your inputs. But it's one of those things where it's like, I will learn those inputs in Street Fighter because I'm playing people over and over and over again in a competitive mode. And in this, it's like, well, this is done in two, three hours. Why would I go back to get better at that unless I really care about where my name is on the leaderboard? And I don't. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's good. I think it's worth playing. But I would uh, wait for wait for the discount. Wait, wait for the discount. Wait for the PS Plus you know, giveaway month thing. That's probably what's going to happen. You know, three months from now, it'll be a free game yeah. for PlayStation Plus subscribers or um, whatever. So. And I want, you know... Not, I mean, not certainly not to slam it, really, but it's like just go get Next Machina yeah. instead. Yeah. If, you, if you, if you know, buy, if and you want to, a lot of people mark. probably pass on Next Machina, d- despite us imploring them yeah. to get it. But uh, Next Machina, and again, is great. you should get it. Yeah, <laughs> if you like this twin stick Robotron thing, yeah. I, I think that's the best take on it possibly ever. And I think the difference too is Next Machina isn't much longer than that. I mean, it's a pretty mm. short game too, but there is like extensive replay value. Right, the moment to moment chaos. It's so fun to play Machina. that you. Yeah. It's okay if you just play a stage again. Like, yeah, the moment to moment chaos of Next Machina keeps it interesting on a very short term <laughs> scale. Whereas uh, there is some really cool like big set piece sort of you know everything and its brother attacks you at once thing in Matterfall. Yeah, but I feel like it never quite hits the hectic heights of. Next Machina, and one of the reasons it or doesn't... Or Gun, I mean, for that matter. Right, and one of the reasons it doesn't is because its control scheme, I don't think, can support that and keep it fair to the player. All right. And that's uh, that's a shortcoming. All right, so let's move on. We're going to talk next about what, in my estimation, is the best walking simulator ever made. And that game is Hellblade. Because you can kill stuff. You can. <laughs> it's not a pure walk... And in fact, trying to shove this game into some kind of a genre is really difficult. It's hard, yeah. It, it really... Because it's a, it's a walking simulator melee combat puzzle solver. Yeah. Which is like, hmm. Yeah, I was uh, I was on DLC a couple weeks ago with uh, Christian Spicer and Jeff Kanata, and one of their viewers, or listeners, asked a question of what game do we wish there was a sequel to? And my answer to that was Eternal Darkness. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how the insanity effects from Eternal Darkness is something that was really cool and something we, re- we really hadn't seen since. This game gives me kind of that same vibe, where you're mm. questioning what is real and what is not real. Mm. And, and I love that about this game. I mean, and the other thing, too, is that the sound design really freaking yeah. sells it. Sound design on this is, I mean... Like, the, the I don't best know of any, 2017. Yeah, I, I think this, this... You'll see this game mentioned in Game of the Year lists in, in the technical sections. Oh, for sure. For, I mean, sound not design, just audio, either. Sound mixing, visuals are amazing... Uh, I can't remember her damn name. The woman who does the narrator in this game is my front runner for best voice performance of uh, of the year. She is amazing, and a lot of that also does come down to the sound mixing because she's yeah, so oh, many yeah. different. Like she's, I mean, she's the narrator, but she's also implied to be kind of the lead voice in Senua's head, right? Because the the main character. There's a, there was a lot of like research and psych- psychology consulting done on this to kind of try to make the voices in the head something like a, a, I guess some kind of somewhat authentic depiction of psychosis. Oh, they were serious about it. I mean, they put out so many developer diaries for this game. I mean, pr- literally like twenty or thirty, and I bet probably a third of them was just talking about the psychological angle and mm-hmm. the research that they had done and the experts that they brought in to consult on the game. Um, look, I've. I've never dealt with mental illness, but I am guessing that for people who do suffer from mental illness, this and this 
embodiment of it is pretty darn accurate. Mm -hmm. That would be my guess. Yeah, and it's I'm, terrifying. I yeah, feel it's terrible. Very, it, if you play this game, I highly you either have, should have a really good surround sound system or headphones. Yeah, because the, the sound mix is really designed to come at you from all these different sides. Yeah, and uh, it really. And I started me. playing it with headphones on because uh, it was late at night. My wife was mm -hmm. asleep, and while I'm playing it, I'm like, oh my god! Like I, mm -hmm. I cannot wait till tomorrow to take these off, and because you could tell, like. You know how they always say headphones are like 7.1 or 5.1? Like, it's like a rough approximate approximation. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I still have never heard a, a set of cans that actually really replicated, like, a sound directly behind me. It's like, kind of, but not really. And so I was getting kind of those kind of vibes using the headphones, and I was like, oh, man, like, this is going to mm -hmm. be awesome. And once I turned on, like, my 5.1 and played it cranked, wow. Like, yeah, the sound in this mm -hmm. game is amazing. So are the visuals, though. Like, yeah. I cannot believe that this game was made on the budget it was made on. Yeah, they did a really impressive thing here. Yeah. And it was about every level. And uh, Chipo Chung, that's right. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> How'd you forget that name? Because, yeah. <laughs> that's a memorable one. Uh, I keep forgetting Chipo because I think it's like, I'm making that up. Because it's another word, you know, Chipo. Oh, right. It's like, her Chipo name really sound. can't be. No, her name is C-H-I-P-O is her name. Wow. So Chipo Chung. And uh, she's she's been in a few things. Soon to be on the Game Awards with Jeff Keighley. I would because that's really the only. Video if there's game any award. damn justice, yes. yeah, yeah. But it's also the only gaming-related award show that actually has categories like yeah, that. because but, they uh, do that to get celebrities on the show. Right. I mean, blah, I don't know blah, if she qualifies as a celebrity, but she's been in some stuff. She was in Sunshine, um, and uh, she was in an episode of Sherlock. She was. I mean, she's yeah. she's been around. She's she's a she was an alien in Doctor Who at one point. I mean, she's done some stuff. Yeah. But she's really really good in this, and uh, I mean, all the voice performances are, are very good, but she stands out as like kind of the first voice you hear and the the person that kind of brings you into the world at the beginning yeah. when when Senna was paddling her way to the to hell basically. Yeah. And um, she just does a phenomenal job. Again, it's and it actually reminds me a little bit of um, Kate Blanchett. In uh, Lord of the Rings, yeah, that I can like see that, that. That, or the, where she narrates the kind of the the intro part of Fellowship of the Ring with the yeah, the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it's like uh, it reminded me a, bit, a little about that, but it, it turns real sinister real fast. Oh yeah, and then there's all these different voices like fly around you that are that are, that, and the thing is like they don't stop because like in stressful situations that becomes a big deal, and like they're yelling at you like they're in combat about like behind you. What do you do? don't? Why'd you do that? Don't you? Because you know, like part of it is the self doubt and the constant questioning voices that. That mentally ill like patients describe, and like there's stuff like during during uh, during uh, like puzzles and stuff. It's like she'll never figure it out. No, I, don't I know. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you even doing it? Like it's, it's like it's like it's like they're trying to undermine your, your confidence and your ability to do anything. And because of the great imagine sound if you design, really heard that oh, in yeah. your head all the time. Oh yeah, it's terrifying. It's like it and, really and, is. And the way the sound mixing works, like in a good surround or in a good surround headphones, like it's oppressive. It's an oppressive sound oh, mix yeah. that, that gets into you, and you're like, I'm just trying to find the rune. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it's it's. I think it gets done what they want to get done in that regard, and yeah. I'm very imp I'm very impressed by it. How do you feel about? Were you maybe the better way to ask it is? Were you surprised at the dearth of action? Not really, because I'd read the previews. Oh, I hadn't, but um, but I think I kind of had a hint because they didn't really show combat until like really late in the mm -hmm. cycle. And generally, if that's a big focus, that's something you're going to show earlier, yeah. and you're going to focus on a lot. I do think the combat. Uh, in the final version, looks feels better than what they showed earlier. Yeah. Like there was, it, it feels a little more. Cause it it, was, it the, looked janky. It looked janky, and it, it also <laughs> had this this kind of you know how like sometimes you see combat where like you pass a sword through something and it feels like you didn't hit anything. Right. Yeah. Like you're just sort of whacking a, a model and it yeah. doesn't do anything. 
Like that was definitely there in the early in the previews of the combat, and I, that doesn't feel as prevalent now. It yeah. feels like they've done something to kind of make it feel more like you're cutting through some flesh. You leave you leave cut marks on the enemies. Yeah. Now. Um, and there's there's a there's part a certain combo you can do that sticks the blade into the guy, and then you can follow up off that, and that feels really good. So it's it's a rudimentary combat system in a lot of ways, and 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 if anybody gets behind you, it gets really annoying because you can't. Like she's not agile enough to really get away yeah. from it. But it can if, get well, well, the other thing, of course, is that the game has almost no on-screen tutorial, right? At all. Like there's, they make very clear. Which I think, in general, was the right. Choice. I think the right idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, if you're not used to having to figure games out for yourself, this might be a shock. And yeah. uh, you know, there's moments, where, and and a lot of the hints of what you can do come from the voices yelling at you. Yeah. And so early, it's, it's well, like, then you don't know whether to trust them. Well, then like you have to kind of pick. <laughs> first, you have to pick up like. Like when you first walk up to the first like thing you can interact with, the way you interact with them is you hold the, the right trigger and right. you focus on it. Yeah. You know, it's like a, like Witcher Three or whatever. And if you walk up to it and you don't do anything, the voice is like, "Why isn't she focusing? What is she doing? Don't you, doesn't she know what she? You know, it's like, and you're like, "What? What do you want me to do?" And, and like, and so like then you figure out, okay, just, the way you kind of put it all together is really cool. And eventually you learn through being yelled at that, and and through some visual cues you start to pick up on that you can focus during combat yeah. and freeze everything and that gives you an out and um, and kind of the slow putting and, and there's, a, there's a tension to that because the one thing it does make clear in text like very obvious is you know she's got this like kind of black slime Princess Mononoke style thing yeah. on her arm and every time you die it crawls it up her arm up more farther, and it yeah. gets to her brain it erases your save yeah now that is very hard. To, there was a couple, yeah. some controversy about that. It's very hard to die that often yeah, to make yeah. that happen. The but, game's not that difficult. No, but in the first like the the first big fight I got into, you know, the first thing where you fight like a bunch of guys, I died I think two or three times, um, just because she can only take like three or four hits. Yeah, yeah. And like th- that thing was up to here. I mean, it was it was almost the show. But it, it seems to reset if you go through. More I don't know sections. that it resets. I think what happens is the farther up the arm it goes, the less it goes up. Per sure, but it's, it's definitely low because it was over her elbow uh, at one point, and now it's below her elbow. Oh, so it's definitely going backward. Yeah, I never noticed reason. that at all. Um, oh, I'm paying real close attention to where those that thing is. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's like you erase my save, we're gonna have words. I so. think you might be the first person in the world though to actually have their savior race that didn't try to do it on purpose. Yeah, I mean, well, as, what was it? Because it's really gamer? hard well, they, Basically, you have to die in the same place over and over right. and over and over. I mean, it sounds like it's like 20, it's 30 It's more minutes. of a threat than anything, but this is what I love about this game more than anything, is that it <laughs> makes you, when you play it, it makes you feel like you have a mental disorder. Mm. You were talking earlier about how like you second-guess yourself a lot of times, you're hearing voices, you were talking about how it started to agitate you. Like... If their goal was to make the player feel what it feels like to have a mental disorder, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> shots at the heart. I mean, they nail it. Um, I've never played a game like this that went for a psychological angle like that and actually succeeded in doing it. Mm-hmm. Other teams have said that this is what they were trying, even with Eternal Darkness. It was like the insanity effects in that, it never made you feel like you were going insane. No. It was I, more I of it, like a... It was a gag. It was a gag, yeah. I mean, look, they, Eternal Darkness got me with the we're erasing your save yeah, yeah. card. I mean, yeah. And even though, at that point, I knew, but, but like, when you see that pop up, it's like your your instinct, your gamer instinct pops up, and you're, you're just like, like no, 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 no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Uh, but this is like... But this you know, is a totally different oh, beast. Yeah, it I mean, is. it's of the same, same family. Yeah. But like... They're taking it a totally different direction, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, really, it really is. I, I mean, I don't. I also have you know have. I'm at least I'm not diagnosed with a mental illness. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I don't know like if you know if people that do have that kind of thing like can will stand up and say no, this is not at all what it's like. This is all bullshit. Yeah. Like I'll accept that. But like. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of my inexperienced like perception of what that would feel like this sure seems authentic to me and i'll tell you one um, thing if they do feel this way i feel really bad for them because yeah. holy cow how could you go day after day surviving a like lot that? of people don't oh man yeah i guess you're right good so, point but and i also like that you know she's so she's got she's after uh to save basically her lover her boyfriend yeah. from from hell and uh the norse afterworld or whatever, and um, but she's got like this this kind of grizzled old Scottish dude, Celtic dude who's helping her out because he's dead too. But okay, you piece together that basically like she she found him like injured right. after being a slave to the Norsemen, and helped him. And he's he has the same mental disorder she did, and she'd never met anyone like that before. So he kind of if, to put it in lost fan terms, he was her constant yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like he helped her contextualize what was happening to her. Yeah. And so he's sort of there as like both helper and an and antagonizer in through through this. And like that's a really interesting interesting relationship and like it's kinda you know like it, it, it that like relationship for whatever reason like rings true to me so far in the game. Like the the idea that this is it's not her boyfriend. It's not someone she felt that way about. But it's someone she depended on, and someone that like was very, very important to her, and that she horribly misses. And that all comes through. And that's real hard to communicate yeah. in a video game. But I feel I mean, like this do. game does that over yeah. and over and over again. Like it's kind of broken through this barrier of narrative. Mm -hmm. A narrator. <laughs> it broke through the narrator. The narrative barrier. Uh, I just feel like it's just something completely unique, and I, again, as someone who's played games for a long time just like you, it's really hard to come across stuff like this in mm. 2017. Um, I don't know how the studio did this with the budget that it had. I know it, it developed proprietary like motion capture mm -hmm. stuff for the facial The facial animation's incredible. Uh, the budget that was spent on this, I mean, it... It makes you wonder if it changes the perspective of a lot of these bigger studios. And they're like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, how did they do this? And this is what, the team was like 12 people? I think it was a little bigger than that. I think 12, eventually. I think the, the graphic I saw from their thing was it was 12, the team was 12 people and the maximum was 15. <laughs> like they hired three, three people to, to, for like crunch time or whatever. It's crazy. Like, and their budget was... I mean, basically, they have to sell 300,000 copies across all platforms to break even. Which they already it's have, nothing. right? It's, yeah, well, 300,000 for something promoted on this level is pretty much nothing. I mean... But it wasn't... But if you think about it, though, it wasn't really promoted on... It wasn't promoted on mainstream. They never spent money no. promoting it. But it kind of sold itself. They put itself. out a lot of stuff, and people knew... I mean, you know, it's Ninja Theory. People yeah. know their stuff, and... And, like, every... I think even if you didn't like Devil May Cry, their Devil May Cry reboot, which I did... I liked um, it too. I thought it was fine. Yeah, but I don't have really much attachment to Dante. Yeah, as a some, character. Some do. Yeah. Some do, but it's like I just I always found it funny. It's like, yeah, he kind of looks like a tool, like, yeah. but I think he's supposed to. Also, Dante has always been a tool. Tool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know why people resonate with that guy. So I mean, much. even pre DMC, he's a dude who walks around with no shirt and a red trench coat. Yeah. Like that's a tool. No, you're dude. right. There's not. If you saw that guy in person, you would not think he was cool. No, you would not. <laughs> Like, trust Maybe me. back in, like, 1985 or something. Yeah, I don't... I don't I, 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 Not now, that's for sure. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that, that Ninja Theory, uh, you know, 
you know, trod on the sanctity of the character that gave us the line, whoa, slow down, babe. But, yeah. like, it's, yeah, I, I thought what they did there was fine. And yeah. a little nightmarish in the same way this is. I feel like there's some, yeah. there's some at least visual effects-wise, there's some continuity yeah. between Hellblade and, and Devil May sure. Cry. And Enslaved, while I didn't think that that... Um, uh, really got where it was going narratively. I it it, it was sort of that uh, that and, and heaven was it heavenly sword. Yeah, like you can see, these people have been begging to make a narratively strong game that didn't force them to make a very complex combat system yeah, for yeah. many many years. And in fact, uh, there's elements of um, what's your name the, the little the the younger kind of sister figure from Heavenly Sword. Kit, is it Kit Kat? Twing Twang, the, the girl with the, with the bow. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. I don't remember her name. I, don't yeah, I think her name about. was Cat. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember for sure. But you know, like, she was also depicted as being a little off. Yeah. And, and like, I'm reminded of her a little bit through the, in Hellblade. Like, this clearly this is a subject and this is an idea that has been percolating in Ninja Theory as a company for a long time. I wonder if Ninja Theory has screwed itself a little bit here because <clears> I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. It will continue to do stuff like this because it looks like this game is going to be a smashing success, and it should. You guys should buy it. Thirty bucks, no brainer. But I wonder. Thirty dollar game looks like this. It's incredible. This is. I would say this is one of the top five best looking games I've played in this generation. Yeah, I'd agree. Period. I'd agree. And it has a photo mode for a very good reason. Yeah. So you wonder now if Capcom comes to Ninja Theory and says, "Hey, let's do another Devil May Cry," (laughs) and they're like, "And you're going to do it for a third of the budget you did last time." Yeah. How does Ninja Theory now say, oh, we can't do that? Well, they just say, go away, we're going to make Hellblade 2. Yeah. I hope. I Which mean, I would probably be all behind. Or it becomes a Dante walking simulator. <laughs> let's get into, let's get really get into the head so of Dante. We... <laughs> let's really explore that character. That would character. be a huge mistake. A huge freaking mistake. But It'd I, be a I, huge I, game, though. Huge open spaces. Yeah. <laughs> just empty. But I think we're both unanimous here. Highly recommend buying yeah. this game. Even I think even if you're you haven't been into walking simulators in the past, I would say yeah, I think it's got enough action. To, I mean, it's not like phenomenal combat, but there's enough yeah. there like and it's, it's tense enough to to keep your interest. And keeping um, in mind, like I'm a gameplay first guy, mm-hmm. and I am loving this game. And wandering around, trying, you know, a lot of the puzzle solving is like you get these runes, you see what the runes need to open the gate, and then you have to wander around the area and find those runes and match them up to right. the area. But some of the ways they make those runes appear in the environment are Pretty really creative, clever. yeah. Um, and I like that a lot. And there's just enough, like, nudging to let you know where you should be, but, like, not enough that it solves it for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm real pleased with it so far. Like, I'm 30 bucks, yeah. PS4 and PC only for now. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if an Xbox One version comes. Yeah, I would. Switch I would, version's maybe. off, definitely off the table. Yeah, I don't <laughs> That's think not it's happening. Switch version of this. Just doesn't have the power to push those visuals, unless no. it would go through a crazy downscaling of some kind. But no, uh, I, don't I highly recommend this game. Um, I would say if you're the only person I would not recommend this to is like someone who's really into combat. Yeah, if, if, you're, I mean, if, if you if you have only, no if you have zero interest in narrative yeah. and presentation, this game's not going to do it for you. Because yeah, it, like if you're on Sifted and you have like for your eval rating story turned all the way down, yeah, you should probably stay. Pr- you probably pass. On but this that's one. pretty much it. But I like, recommend this yeah, to everyone else. I, yeah, I think uh, if you also if you're just interested in how to present story in this medium, yeah. like this is this is something not wholly new, but it's really a, a, a sharp-edged pre, uh, way of approaching it. Yep, it's, loving it's it. It's really good. Loving it. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk next. We went from a game that was amazing, and now we're going to talk about a game that may be the worst video game I have played in the last <laughs> 10 years of my life. 
I've been playing Night Trap, the 25th anniversary edition. I didn't even realize this came out. It did. Actually, I don't even know if it's out yet. I got a, a code from I think, I th the I publisher. I think I saw it was this week, but I don't know for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. For those of you who don't know, Night Trap, I'll give you a quick history lesson on Night Trap. Night Trap was actually a game that was originally designed to be played on a system that used VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to allow for interactive storytelling via video. And what ended up happening was a company that was working on that system, it ended up being too expensive to produce and they bailed. And they had shot all the footage for it in 1987. Well, then along comes Sega CD for the Genesis, the add-on, and it makes perfect sense FMV with this, it'll work on there. Mm -hmm. And it quickly becomes kind of the flagship game for, for that system, or for that add-on rather. And uh, I think maybe it also stars Dana Plato, mm -hmm. which if, if you're- anyone remembers who that is. With, right, if you're men our age, you, right. do, you definitely remember who Dana Plato was. Dana Plato was the, one of the stars on a game called Different Strokes, Show. which- Show, yeah. <laughs> Different Strokes was not a game. Yeah, a, sh a show called Different Strokes, which is on I'll, TV. It was very although popular. Although Ninja Theory wants to do that next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. But uh, most guys our age, when we were younger, had a crush on Dana Plato. At least mm -hmm. I did and all my I friends did. I was a little did. young, I think. If yeah. You, maybe a year or two older than me. You're, yeah. You were in the Dana Plato category. Yeah. But the show is about... It's a similar thing as like the Alyssa Milano effect, I guess. Yeah, you're right. And uh, so... Her career had already started going down the tubes when she worked on Night Trap. Mm -hmm. Well, she had a lot of problems. She had drug and alcohol yeah. problems. I think eventually she Eventually got a, killed her. It did kill her. Yeah. But I think she went through like a porn stage for a while. So, yeah, like, I think there was like a softcore moment. There. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but she's the star of this game. And basically mm -hmm. the, the story of the game is a bunch of teenagers go to this house and there are these blood-sucking... Well, they're not blood sucking. Originally, they were supposed to be vampires, mm -hmm. and the studio dialed it back, and they're just these weird people dressed in black that have these machines. Yeah, they're called something. I can't remember. The what augers. Augers. Yeah. Okay. And they have these machines that suck the blood out of people's necks. And basically how the game works, the original version, um, you have eight cameras located around the house. And in the original version, you could not see what was going on in each of those cameras. Mm -hmm. In this remastered 25th anniversary edition you have eight windows where you can actually see what's going on on each camera which yeah. makes playing the game because technologically we can do that now. right yeah before it was like one stream at a that's time that's it um, i mean this is basically this kind of game night trap is where five nights at freddy's comes from it does a, a little bit and there's also a little bit of like dragon's lair in it yeah in that yeah. it's essentially what you're there doing. There was a whole period where we thought full motion video was like the way games were going to go. It's yeah. the first, it, you know, outside of Mist clones, that was basically yeah. what people used the CD format for, for uh -huh. like the, the early days. Uh, and actually, if you'd want, and some of it got really weird. Um, and if you want to see one of the craziest things you will ever see on video, uh, go to YouTube when we're done, when we're done here. Go to YouTube or pause it and look. I don't care. Uh, and look up a game. Called, it never came out, but the the cutscenes, the full motion video cutscenes are are up on YouTube. Look a game up a game called Doolin Fireman, um, which I've never is heard of this which game. is the craziest damn thing you will ever see. It is like a bunch of like alt and indie rock guys of the like you know like like David Yao and like I think like the couple Foo Fighters are in wow. there. Like, they got all these like rock. How do I not know like, about like, this? It's because it's so weird <laughs> yeah. and it's basically like a plane crashes during a heat wave and a building gets set on fire and like two fire companies show up and they both hate each other. So the whole game is about <laughs> these competing firemen oh, really? trying to be the ones to put the fire out. Wow. But it's all like crazy like like. 
like crazy weird like oh that guy character actors are all through it like the budget must have been for the time it was I think it was put together by like like indie film producers or like B-list film filmmakers or something but the game never materialized never came it was going to be like a mini game collection kind of thing but it never uh -huh. came out but these videos came out and it's like it made like 1993 94 it's all the bad green screen CG stuff like there's a terrible you know, post 9-11, it's like a horrifying thing of a jetliner crashing into a, a tower and all this stuff. Yeah, but it's from like the early 90s, it's supposed to be a Sega CD game. And like, it's crazy. Dueling firemen, or it might be dueling firefighters, but one of the, look it up, it's ridiculous. Here's the problem with these games, though. But it, they were all terrible. FMV-driven games. And there has been a bit of a revival recently. Her yeah. Story and a couple other games have kind of... Those are a little more interesting, but I'm talking about, right. like, you know, the era when, like, they thought giving you Sewer Shark was an incentive to buy yeah, a Sega yeah. CD. That was a very different era. <laughs> it was. And the problem is they're, they're trial and error games. And this yeah. game is 100% trial and error. Essentially, you follow the eight different cameras. You see when one of the augers walks into view. You switch to that camera. The camera comes up full screen, and there's a little meter. And when the meter turns red, you hit the trap button. And then, like, a bed will fall down on mm -hmm. the auger, or a door will open, and they'll be sucked into the door. Is it or... any smoother now? Yeah, I mean... Because they... like, in, like, the Sega CD, you press the button, and you waited. No, no. It's, and, and then... It's, it's like, instantaneous, like, yeah. Right. But the problem is, and what made me ultimately quit before I finished it, and I did not play this very much back in the day, so I was kind of excited to play it. What made me ultimately quit it is there's a mechanic in the game where you also have to watch the cameras for the family that owns the house, because they're actually, like, evil, and you pick yeah. up on that very quickly. But you need to follow them because what they do is they will go to the basement and switch a code. And when they do that, you need to hear that because there's, like, five or six different colors you need to choose from for the code. And if you miss that, the game's pretty much over at mm -hmm. that point. And you have to start it all over again. And after I had done that a few times, I was like, screw this, man. I, yeah, I can see why this genre of games has gone away. Um, the other is interesting anecdote about Night Trap, a lot of people don't realize, is Night Trap essentially created the ESRB. Yep, Night Trap and Mortal Kombat were what led to the, the ESRB. Yeah, they called it, and it's so funny too, they called it like depraved and disgusting. Yep. And like you watch it now, and I mean... It's like, there's, it's, it's not even a beer commercial. No, yeah, it's oh no. Like, it's nothing. I mean, there's no nudity in it at all. No, it's there's like girls in like really modest nightgowns. Well, there's basically. one shot where a girl takes her shirt off and she's wearing a tube top. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, That's the 80s, baby. 92, that was amazing. <laughs> well, they shot it in 87, yeah. but yeah. Oh, yeah, but, it's also very obviously shot. I mean, it's even taking into account, like, 80s lag in the early 90s. This was weird then. That uh, That is what I will say is the only value this game has, is <laughs> just seeing how whacked out the 1980s were. We were literally, I think it was a whole world on LSD in the 80s. Mm -hmm. the, the outfits, the way people talk, there's, like, the obligatory, like, uh... Lip syncing using yeah. a tennis racket as a guitar, like it singing the song "Night Trap." Yeah, I know. Which is like, what do you think that song is about? It's oh like, my gosh! It's the girls all sing "Night." Tra it's it's. I mean, here's the thing: it's not so bad that it's good. No, so, but I, it is pretty good if you want to like make some, you know, bets with your friends about who can watch it without cringing or something. Yeah, like that's about as far as it goes. Here's. Just if you really care about this game, just go on YouTube. All the watch it. all yeah. the cutscenes are there, and you can just watch it like it's a movie, and you will get some laughs because there are some times where it's so dumb mm -hmm. it's it is funny. But that's pretty much the extent of the entertainment value out of this. Do not buy the 25th anniversary. I will say that they did a ton to the game. Uh, in addition to what I talked about with the cameras, uh, there's like a like kind of like a horde mode that you can play where mm -hmm. you just try to kill it, try to trap as many augers as possible. 
I mean, they... I'm impressed they got video quality of that level yeah. out of those old record. I mean, they must have found the master. The video quality looks good. Yeah, I will, I will say. It's still 4x3, obviously. That's what it was mm-hmm. shot at. But uh, it, and it's not HD, because they didn't shoot it on film. No, it's shot on tape. <laughs> yeah. but, like, it still looks pretty good for something shot yeah. on tape in the late 80s. But, but let me fall on the sword for you, Sifters. I, I did it. I, I, I got the game. I played it. I can 100% tell you it is not worth picking up, no matter how mm-hmm. old you are, how much nostalgia you have for it or Dana Plate. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I never liked all those, like, video or Laserdisc games, but even back in, like, Dragon's Lair. So. I liked Dragon's Lair. I like Dragon's I, Lair because I like Don Bluth. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like... Because I remember trying to play Dragon's Lair when I was a kid, and I had no idea what the hell I was... I mean, it, it, there's no indication... That was another game I watched I was, I was other like, people play before right. I would play. I mean, I was, like, six or seven when that came out. I just had no clue what what was happening. Well, the, the other thing about them, too, was that that was in the age when every game cost a quarter, and they cost a dollar. Yeah. And so I would sit there, and I would lurk in the arcade, and mm. I would wait for some older guy who had money to come in and play yeah. Dragon's Lair, and I would just sit there and just try to memorize everything. Well, I remember when he, he would walk away. There was a guy at like, arcade. All right, I'd put my dollar in, and I'd make it to, like, the sixth screen or whatever. There was a guy at our arcade that had, the arcade I used to go to at Fashion Island in Foster City, and he could go through Dragon's Lair in one quarter or one, yeah. one play. I think every and, like, town had and that And I'd sit one there guy. and watch him do that, and I was like, and, like, once you've done that, like, there's no... There's no reason to play. Yeah. Because so all you play it for is to see what happens next. The funny thing is, like, the Laserdisc games are some of the most lost arcade games of the yeah. era because they're very hard to emulate. People don't, you know, they, they take up a lot of space. And really, you're at, and they're, they're very hard. It's very hard to emulate, like, hard, you know, the hardware you're emulating is basically, like, a Laserdisc player. Yeah. Like, that's a different thing than emulating, like, an arcade board. So, like, basically, if you want to play Laserdisc games, you got to hope somebody reissues it. Well, they're also and finicky. So you, can get, you can get, like, Dragon's Lair 1, 2, and Space Ace uh, yeah, from yeah. Don Bluth because they remastered those and put those out it's for, like, DVD out. players. Yeah. And, it came out for, and like, like Xbox. And, yeah, they're on Steam. And yeah. you can get, but there's, like, things like... Uh, um, like, there was a couple that were based on, like... Uh, uh, um, anime like there was a galaxy express 999 had one there was one yeah. that called us uh, that was based on city hunter there was one that was based on um uh rupan the third uh the castle cagliostro and a couple other bits of footage were blended in there was a starcade episode about that i remember it was like the whole thing was you could win the whole it was a sponsored episode so it was i can't remember the i think it was called crime buster crime something but like it was like because it wasn't named loop rupan the third but it was like you had it was like the whole episode was just that game. Yeah. It was just it was four rounds or three rounds of the same two contestants playing that game over and over and over to see who could get the higher score. And basically, like every round, they'd learn which direction to push right. the stick at yeah. a different point. So like they just get one scene ahead each time. Right. And so basically, you watch the opening scenes of this seven over times and over and in over. twenty minutes. And I mean, that's like, that's that's those games. Those games. Yeah. And it's like I mean, really, the only games that ever ended up resonating or doing anything were Dragon's Lair and Space Ace. Yeah. Those were the two that you saw. In every maybe arcade. a little bit Mad Dog McCree. Mad yeah, Dog, Mad Dog McCree got times. some traction because it was. Uh, it was kind of like, at the time, it was the highest tech one, yeah. and it looked decent, and they put some effort into the costumes and the sets and stuff, and it came out on a bunch of home systems, but like, would you want to play it today? No. You don't. Let me tell you, you don't. I, I suffered through Night Trap. You do not want to play these games. They are not worth it, not worth the effort. So, I fell on the sword for you, Sifters, in this case. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Madden NFL 18. I've been playing this for the last couple days. Um... First thing I would say is, if you're looking for major improvements beyond Long, long Shot, which is the new single-player campaign, there really isn't much there. 
Um, mm. Let's see, as far as, like, there's uh, new game styles. Basically, that you could, it's just difficulty settings. Like, there's a new, like, arcade setting that mm. doesn't go far enough to make it, like, an NFL Blitz-style game. Uh, but it, it cuts down on the buttons that you need to use. It's just, like, basically stiff arm, spin, throw, juke. And that's pretty much it. Mm. Um, and that is, like, one of the big new features as far as gameplay is concerned. Um, Are Madden people going to care about that? Is that probably not. Right? I mean, all they really care about is how is how many money plays there are in the game. Mm. <laughs> and, and the, I mean, that really, the hardcore Madden player, their whole goal is to find a money play. And then just use that money play over and over until EA patches it out. And then they find another one. And, they, and it, it's, like the, you know, it's like chasing the tail, essentially. Um, and then there's a, a Play Now Live mode where it actually kind of changes what happens inside the game based upon what's happening in the real NFL season. Mm. And that's a pretty cool idea. Um, but again, it's something that has been done in other sports games. Yeah, MLB The Show's been doing that for a while. Right. I mean, it's not just like the player stats have changed. Like right. the whole team will change based upon how that team is doing during the season. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of cool. Um, it's not obviously a great idea as far as balance is concerned or for competitive play because you want to learn the Especially strengths. Especially if you're a Browns fan. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Good point. Yeah, football Touché, joke. man. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and then they've uh, they've they've made a change to Madden Ultimate Team. There's like squads now, so you can team up with other players to play Ultimate Team. And that's pretty much the extent of the new features, other than Long Shot. But here's the thing: Long Shot's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm really really impressed with Long Shot. Um, it basically, it uh, it follows these two childhood friends who grow up playing football together. Um, and they show like this endearing scene at the beginning where they're literally little kids and they're playing with the one guy's dad uh, and then it just cuts and now they're these guys who are going to the NFL combine and they're trying to make it into the NFL. Uh, the lead guy in Longshot, his name is Devin Wade. He, uh, he's the better of the two players between the, the friends. And uh, he, what happened was his father died while he was in college, mm -hmm. and he quit the team. He was playing for the University of Texas, and he quit, like, in the middle of the season after his father died. And uh, so he, he was a big talent coming out of high school, but because he dropped out of college, he's kind of soured his chances of making it to the NFL. So it cuts from childhood to this moment where they're getting in the, their car and they're driving to not, like, the big combine, like these regional combines mm -hmm. where you have to like go to them rate high enough before you get the invite to the real combine. And so these are like bottom of the rung college players trying to make it basically. That's why they're called long shots. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, there's a interactive storytelling in this game. There are conversation trees where you have to make decisions and the decisions aren't always clear-cut. Like, you have three choices. You can basically, yeah, no, maybe. But they're <laughs> phrased differently within the context mm -hmm. of whatever's happening in the game. And if you play your cards right, you get to sleep with a blue alien girl? <laughs> no blue alien no. girls yet. <laughs> although, I, although sleeping with girls may ultimately become a part of it. But basically, every conversation you have, every decision you make, affects your chances of making it to the NFL. So they drive all this way to the Combine. They pull up to the hotel that they're supposed to stay at, where they're supposed to check in, and they're running late. And, like, the one guy's buddy says, hey, let's get a selfie before we go in. And you decide, take the selfie, don't take the selfie. Well, if you take the selfie and you go in, the woman at the counter is like, you're too late. Mm. And we're not going to sign you in, and you're not going to be able to, and then you, and, but then you can charm her into signing you on and getting you into the combine. And then you go to the combine, and at the combine, you actually 
go through drills. And the drills, a lot of the times, are like uh, context-sensitive, like QTEs. Like uh, there's a passing drill where he's like, okay, go left, go right, and then throw. And then you hit the throw button. You have to like move this little cursor to the receiver, and then within time, like hit a specific button or whatever. And once you get through your first combine, like one of the lower level combines, then you're approached by a production team that's working on a reality TV show. And how you answer the questions related to that affects how your draft status plays out. So every little thing you do ultimately affects, affects whether you're going to make it into the NFL. And uh, once you interact with the TV camera crew and, and you decide whether you want to do the reality show or not, you drive back and then you have a flashback. And the flashback is of you in high school playing. And this is where you actually get to play Madden. Mm -hmm. So you flash back to this high school game. It's your first game you ever played in high school. You're brought off the bench as a freshman, and your team's down by, like, three scores. You have to bring them back and win that game. Are you, and you're a quarterback? You're the, yeah, you're the quarterback. Um, and then after that, it goes, you, you, it cuts to present day again. Uh, you, the one guy's friend has actually got a call from the Dallas Cowboys. He's going there. And you go off to start doing the reality show. And it just it goes on and on. And it all leads up to either your player getting drafted into the NFL or not getting drafted. And that's where it ends. Um, so there's no kind of like, oh, now I'm on the Steelers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you build your career through that. I think that might be the next evolution of the mode. Yeah. Uh, but for now, it's it like just... Like kind of building your way up to like a road of the show kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I am... Uh... It's way better than I thought it was going to be. I'll put it that way. It's been worked on by uh, people who have worked in television. Mm -hmm. uh, Friday Night Lights, one of the writers who worked on Friday Night Lights, is one of the guys who who's writing it. Got um, an Oscar winner in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the writing can be a little hammy. Um, the facial animation is certainly not up to Hellblade standards. Right. <laughs> I feel like hammy is kind of like part and parcel of like sports a little stories bit. though a little bit i mean it's I mean, like i guess it's not like way. rudy is a is a yeah. you know a fine work of narrative masterpiece but i mean like, i guess a good way i could compare it is if anybody watches ballers on hbo mm. do you ever watch that show with no. the rock and i know what it is yeah but, but it's kind of on that same level it's got mm. like a lot of camp in it a lot of like watch friday night lights as a comparative friday night lights pretty close yeah yeah i will say like the like, that's fine it is it totally is and i would say that there are some touching moments in in it like mm -hmm. there were moments obviously it's a little more personal for me because i just lost my dad, dad but they thing, yeah. but there's that whole also, scene Herschel is the dad and he's really good so, right um, like I, I i would imagine his performance is solid i mean because it feels yeah. like emotionally that the, the story would hinge on the dad the dad's performance selling it yeah, and the, he's not a huge part of it. Like, he's in the first scene, mm -hmm. and then, like, when it, when they go ahead, you're like, where is he? Like, what's going on? And then eventually I cut to a scene where he's in the his coach's office in college, and you, and he's like, my dad just died, and he's like, I'm leaving. And the coach is like, don't do this, you're going to ruin your life, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, other scenes where he goes back to his room, and he finds notes from his dad. It's touching. Like, it, and, you know, obviously I'm probably a little bit overboard in that regard with some of my personal experiences of late, of late but... It's well-written enough that it will tug on the heartstrings. It makes you root for him. At the very least, mm -hmm. it, you root for both guys because the other yeah. guy's not as good. And so you're like, oh, you're kind of behind the eight ball already. And so, and then there are, mo here's the thing too, is that like in the conversation trees, there are moments where you can try to help your buddy. But, so your buddy isn't as good as you are. Right. Okay. And so he's kind of lagging behind at the combines. And so you have decisions to make where there's like one drill where he, your buddy comes up to you and he's like, man, he's like, I can't, I'm dropping all these balls. He's like, it'd be a lot better if you threw to me. And he's like, well, you're like, well, it's not my turn to throw. There's another quarterback up. And he's like, just jump in line. 
And so you're putting your ass right. on the line there because you're basically going to ignore the person running the combine to jump in line in front of another quarterback to throw. I wouldn't your, do that. To, I didn't. <laughs> I did. I said no. And but that's like the kind of the decisions mm-hmm. and the quandaries that you're put in. Like I'm really impressed with it, man. Like it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and like well, I said, I mean, I'm I'm interested. I'm I might buy it. It's I've been only, bought a Madden since the '90s. Yeah. The one thing I would say it is only a few hours long. Right. Um, it's like three and a half, four hours long. But I feel like if so you, you can, can get me emotionally quick. invested in the idea of football in that yeah, regard, yeah. like I might play the rest of it with a more with you know more open mind. Yeah. Basically. I mean, which I, I think is the whole goal of that mode, it is. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I look, I enjoyed it more than the story modes that I've played in NBA 2K and FIFA. Yeah. Um, and and FIFA was pretty good. I mean, FIFA to me good. was kind of the gold standard until this. Well, I think this, you know, it's like. I never. I, basketball isn't very interesting to me. Like I think FIFA, like soccer, football, you know, slash football and American football, are to me the most mythic. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Aside from like baseball has that element to it, but it's more of a like a dusty false memory kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Right. Like no, I get it. It's it's like there's a lot of myth around baseball, but the actual game is sort of like. Mm. You know, it, like, I think people love baseball because of the, sur- the the surroundings and the trappings of it, rather than what is actually being played. Whereas, well, I think too, whereas baseball, soccer and football feel like the game itself is part of the myth because it's you know, like they, like, I, it's, it's a cheesy way to describe it, but like I know football fans describe American football as a war on yeah, a film, yeah. on a field, and like if you really play that up, like Friday Night Lights did. Like, that's a great narrative device. For sure. And uh, the other thing about baseball, too, is a lot of people look at baseball players. There's, like, fat baseball players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I mean, if you look at it, they're like, I might be able to do that. Sure. Like, Well, yeah, that's the other thing. is like Baseball, I think, is uniquely American in that um, it's a team sport, but it's very down to individual performance. Yeah. Like, once that ball comes near you, it's you. Yeah, No yeah. one else can help you. Yeah, you're like, right. That's a, and that's true of all sports to some degree, but baseball more like ba- everybody's got their little space. Everyone's up at the at the bat. It's all on you. Yeah. Whereas like every, well, you if know, you're an outfielder, it's you. Yeah. And like a hundred yards. Like, it's like yeah. Every direction. Yeah. But like in soccer and in American football, it's more um, you know there's a t- every it's down to performance on an individual level, but everybody's got to work as a unit as well. Yeah. Um, which I think uh, lends itself more to kind of the war metaphor, and you know I think I think the idea of of making decisions based on you know, do you help out your buddy? Do you? I mean, that the the, the integration of person to person fits with football and soccer better than it does with baseball, which is why I think while MLB the shows like kind of role playing, be a player and come up through the ranks mode, is pretty un, unparalleled. There's no story story mode right. to that because and keep in mind there's Madden not really does have moment. that too. Yeah, like Madden has that other mode that it's had for mm. forever, where you start out as like a draft pick right. and go through. There's it's just, no it's just narrative a, in there. It's though. just generally more interesting in baseball, I think, because it's so down to one you. It's yeah. down to an individual and what the individual's performance is. Whereas, like in football, it's like block, block that guy. No, you're like right. that's it's just like okay, <laughs> I guess that's the end of that play. I guess you know. Um, so it's it's interesting because those are the kind of things like when you give me an attachment to a specific player I created or a spe- but like taking it one step further like with long shot is what's probably going to push me over the edge and pay sixty dollars for a goddamn football for game. four hours really. Yeah. But I'm kind of I mean I've I've watched enough football in the last several years because of the people I've been hanging out with on Sundays that like yeah. I feel like I might be moderately competent enough yeah, yeah. to play a season or yeah, something. Yeah, you understand the concepts of the game now at yeah. the very least. Yeah, so um, at least I know what a nickel does. Yeah, you know, it's like that's, that's a step. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, um, there's a lot of people that don't. I mean, you're a step above a lot of people when you say that. So, and look, the other parts of Madden uh, NFL 18 are just as good as they were last year. And last year's game was a good game. So, um, I think the big question everyone has with Madden is, should I buy it again? Right. Or is this the year I should buy it? I feel like since the last, I mean, I don't think, maybe I never bought a Madden game. The last, if The last Madden game I had that I had at home and played I think was something I borrowed from work in like Madden 96 or yeah. something on the on the mainly I played Game Day and 2K yeah. has, has been my football my professional Well football Game Day during the PlayStation 1 era was kind of the game. Oh, Game Day Game Day 94 yeah. I think it was was or 95 was like oh, yeah. that was, I almost failed finals because yeah, of that. Yeah, it was a huge game and then Madden eventually took over but uh so the the question I was people also always, always have more of a Joe Montana football fan on the Genesis. Well, that was great. Well. Sports that was a talk, great game, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, so the question everyone asks is like, is this year I, I Madden? Um, yes, it is. I think uh, the gameplay is refined to a point where it's is. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle to see where Madden's gameplay can go at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do. Unless they really unless they start breaking what's not broken, right? Or, they, not broken. or maybe they do like a first person mode eventually to really kind of see in for VR or something like that. <laughs> But Madden's gameplay kind of is what it is at this point. It's become very refined over many generations. I feel like VR football would be terrifying. I think it would be <laughs> like awesome. giant I'd men be all about it. There is like a, a, I think for Rift, there's a sports compilation mm-hmm. that has NFL football in it. It doesn't look very good, though. But, yeah. but it's still, you're kind of in first person on a football field. But yes, this is the year that you buy Madden, I mm-hmm. think. And um, if you haven't bought it in like 20 years and you're sort of looking at it like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's still hard for me to tell somebody to spend 60 bucks on it just to play long shot if that's the only reason that they're buying. And at that case, maybe I'd wait for a price drop. Basically, it's kind of the thing where I've been on the fence several times the last few years. And, like, this might just be the thing that finally pushes me over. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, oh, maybe I should try football again. Maybe I should try playing Madden again just to see if I understand the game better. And now, like, the fact that at the very least there will be this story mode that like engages me yeah even if i don't you know i can i'll get through it in four hours i'll maybe if i bounce off the actual football i'll just trade it in or something yeah yeah. you'll get that's the other thing to trade in value for madden's typically pretty good so i recommend it the other thing that was interesting about this game before we move on is that there is ncaa licensed stuff in the game so when he plays for the texas longhorns they actually show footage of him as a longhorn playing against the oregon ducks so that in so maybe they're cracking the door open to make that relationship more fruitful in the future i mean that would be a good way to incorporate that without having to do a full college football game yeah um so in like the nfl whereas like like baseball has the minor leagues and the the double a and everything so so is basically like nfl basically uses the college yeah. Teams as their minor league, oh, yeah. more or less. College, I mean, college is the minor league, without a doubt. But there's also kind of these other splinter leagues around. There used to be the like the USFL and all these other leagues. The Canadian Football League right. is another kind of pipeline into the NFL. Uh, the Arena Football League, not quite as much, but it's also a pipeline. Yeah. Uh, well, LA the has, is that the, that's the KISS team? The KISS yeah. team, yeah. <laughs> KISS owns, Kiss owns uh, LA's Arena, Football, Arena yeah. League team. So, And that's a whole other beast. Like, that's right. played inside with, like, hockey boards with pads it's crazy um this is the i would say this is the most purchasable madden in a really really long time so and with the it may end up being the only really killer app that xbox one x has Mm. we'll get to that here in a little bit but uh i definitely actually we're gonna gonna get to it right now (laughs) but uh, i do recommend madden nfl yeah it's it's like kind of a flagship third party game for xbox one x so and it also is 4K on PlayStation 4. There is some 
rumors flying around uh, this week that it was that the 4K checkerboard stuff was going to come in a later update for the PS4 mm. version. That turned out to not be true. Uh, right out of the box, it works with 4K on PS4 Pro. So I recommend it. If you've been sitting on the fence for Madden, or maybe you bought Madden the first year Generation 8 consoles came out, and you're like, this is good enough for me. I'm waiting for something big to buy the next one. This, this is it. So hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Crackdown 3. This is the only topic in today's show where you don't actually talk mm. about a specific game as far as like the final, the final product. Crackdown 3 delayed to not even to a specific date. Just spring. Just spring 2018. Um, I, My guess would be before the end of March. Yeah, keep, probably. Keep, keep it in the fiscal year. It'll be, yeah, it'll be before March or April 1st, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, they're going to they're gonna need it. Yeah. Because that launch lineup for Xbox One X is looking real thin right mm-hmm. about now. I mean, thinner than thin. I mean, that makes your flagship basically Forza. Forza. Which has already been out for a month at that point. Yeah, on another on just like Xbox yeah. One. Yeah, I. Uh, what a monumental disaster that is. How for... in the world is it taking this long to make a Crackdown game? Like, remember they had all that cloud stuff. That right. I'm thinking that maybe they just can't get that sorted out. And if that's the case, just get rid of it. Like, whatever features that used it, mm. just ditch it. Like, it's not worth just it. Get it out. It's funny. Uh... Uh, one of our friends, like he, he was talking about how what a ridiculous thing this is, and he's like, and he found an old an article from uh, I think it was CNN. It was some, it was like some mainstream outlet, but basically they were reporting on Microsoft at E3 2014. Yeah, and it was like the same games. No, the whole focus was Crackdown Three, Scalebound, <laughs> and Fable. Uh, what's it? You know, Fable Legends. Legends. Yeah. And it's like, doesn't exist, doesn't exist, never coming out. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's like nothing, nothing exists from, from that era. Like, nothing ever made it out. What is going to happen to Xbox One X, Matt? It's just nothing. Gonna, I think it's just going to sit there. I mean, look, some people are going to get it just because of the backwards compatibility and the yeah. upscaling and things like that. It's not going to just completely flop. No, but it's not going to do what it could. I mean, I don't know if Crackdown is really going to move a lot of units to begin with. Um, more than more than, more than nothing. Guess. I mean, more than nothing will. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because um, the third party stuff that they showed at E3 isn't I really. I just don't. Know. I mean, I know IGN did that article like yesterday or the day before about like uh, it was right after this was announced, basically like how I'd fix the the Xbox lineup. And like, well, there's a lot of stuff that they mentioned that I would play. I don't think any of that makes Xbox amazing. I don't know how you get out of this hole they're in. Well, see, the other problem too is that it's more expensive. Right. So you're asking someone to spend more money on a console that has less that has offer. less to offer outside of slight performance advantages. Yeah. Which we don't even know if I mean we we I think a lot of hard, at least hardcore gamers are rightly skeptical of this kind of thing after how the Pro performed yeah. out of the gate where it was not up to up to snuff or at least up to what Sony said it was going to be. So there's I think there's going to be a lot of wait and seers on this. And I can all I can say is the Xbox better uh, perform. I think going back to what I was saying on last topic is probably the smartest thing that Microsoft could do right now is hitch its wagon to Madden. Yeah. Because if there is one game that has been built natively in 4K to work on Xbox One X that actually has a chance to move some hardware, it's not Forza, it's Madden. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the big, I think, and this is like, you know, hindsight by far, and who knows if the, the relationship was even, you know, amenable enough to even make this happen. They should have thrown money at Bungie for Destiny 
exclusivity, like in the way, not, not full exclusivity. At anyone like, at this point, but, but, well, throw like, money at anybody. But having Destiny, like the way you know, promoted for Xbox, the way it's promoted for PlayStation, that would be a big boon because Destiny's got a lot of eyes on it and you know, pre-ordering very. It could have well. made a huge difference. Could have been a big deal. Yeah, it really could have been a game changer. Mm-hmm. And I texted you this the other day. Um, I love Phil Spencer, but he should probably be fired. Mm. Think about what's happened under his tutelage at Xbox. I mean, I can see him trying to bring it bring it back in. You know, after the after kind of the the Matrix years, uh, where they dismantled everything they had going for them yeah. in favor of trying to make an ESPN box. Yeah, but like, it just hasn't come together. It's and I'm not saying I would have done a better job because no, I, I mean, well, you never like, say that when you uh, look. I, I love Phil Spencer. He is a great guy. Every time I've interviewed him, I've walked away with, from him impressed. On many levels. He's smart. He's sharp. He's a real gamer. <laughs> he's polite. He's cordial. He's real. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is whatever decisions that he's been making or the people that he has making decisions for him, they have not worked out at all. Mm-hmm. I think my main thing right now is that you got to get Fable back in the mix. I don't think that's a big system seller necessarily, but it could be if you played your cards right and like... Further, it just adds texture to the lineup. You're right, but it's funny. I think back to the Xbox 360 era when I was doing Invisible Walls, and I remember sitting on Invisible Walls saying, it's the same four games Mm -hmm. every other year or every year. But at this point, I'll take the same four games over, like, another damn developer diary for Sea of Thieves. No, you're right. Like, Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's to the point now where I'm, like, opining for the (laughs) Xbox 360 days. I had to do a bunch of capture Gears of War games this week, and I was like, man, why don't we get another Gears of War? It was like, it was just last year we got Gears of War 4, and I'm just like, yeah, why about some new Gears of War? We got nothing. I'll take anything at this point. I... You can take a Crackdown game. Yeah. (laughs) I would actually play (laughs) Crackdown. It's like, uh... I finally got my Xbox One replaced. It literally has sat broken for months. Mm. And I just didn't even bother getting it fixed. I was just like, why? I don't need to play anything on it. Finally sent it in, got it replaced. Kind of cheap that they sent me an old refurbed original Xbox mm. One. Like, they didn't send me an S or offer, like, we'll give us 50 bucks and we'll send you an S. None of that. I got the same unit, the launch unit again. And I hooked it up under my TV, and all I use it for is, like, YouTube. Because mm. I have my PS4 in the back for capturing right now. So well, I always notice, like, you know, I have a very large Xbox Me too, friends yeah. list. And, like, I, everyone, I mean, there's usually, like, every, any given evening, there's 10 to 15 people on. Yeah. And it's all watching a video, watching TV, watching yeah. TV, watching TV, watching TV, watching a video, watching a video, watching yeah. Netflix. Like, no one's playing anything. I know. Well, they're, there's nothing to play. They're just using it to watch movies. Yeah. And, like... I guess Microsoft is finally getting its wish. It wanted it to be yeah, that's what you wanted. the entertainment hub of the living room. We can go all the way back to the first press conference for Xbox One where they said TV right. how many times. But and like, that's what that box has turned into. Oh, yeah. But it's like the problem with that is also like how many times do you think about your cable box in a day? Yeah. Zero. Unless yeah. it stops working. Even right? less now. Like yeah. I hardly ever even watch like if you even TV have cable. anymore. Yeah. So, but like, it's, I don't know how you, I mean, if I were them, I would definitely have, I would find a way to salvage whatever had been done on Scalebound. And you got to get some titles in the pipeline. Cancel it Scalebound. I don't care how bad that game ran. I don't care how that game was not coming together. That was a bad, bad decision. Like, yeah, you should have just gone through just it. Just stick with it. Like, you're already that far in. Look, if you're having problems running on X, base Xbox One or Xbox One S, 
Well, damn, wouldn't it be nice to have Scalebound coming mm-hmm. out at the end of the year as an Xbox One X only game? And I know that goes against everything Microsoft's doing right now. It wants everything to be playable mm-hmm. on all platforms. But man, like at this point, they could really you, use. You just had to. Do, I mean, as as Joe said in Reservoir Dogs, you just had to shit your pants and dive in and swim. Yep. It's like, <laughs> it's like it's it's better than having nothing on the schedule. Yeah. And a Gamescom's coming up this weekend. It starts actually, Sifters, and obviously keep your eye on the site. We'll be uh, curating all the best stuff from there. But their press conference is, I believe, Sunday night at midnight Pacific, like three a.m. Mm. East Coast time or whatever. And I'm just, this is kind of like its, it's last gasp here. It's, like, it's just going to be two hours of a Forza race. Like it's, I, They're just going to put up a video of, of a car driving and leave. I'm seriously wondering what like, it... What, what is it going to be? I mean, it needs to blow us away. Like, there's got to be some stuff we don't know about. There, it has to. to blow us away. You can't let... I mean, letting Crackdown slip is the Microsoft equivalent this year of letting Mario slip for, no, you're for right. Nintendo. You're absolutely like, right. It's, it's, it's it your, needed it's it your so lynch bad. Game. Yeah, so... Even it, if it wasn't very... I mean, I think Mario's going to be a way better game than Crackdown. Down sure. three ever could be basically. It's not about relevance. But I'm just like, in terms of like having something to draw people who own that system in to say, here's a reason to turn my system on. Yeah. Which is sometimes the most important thing, giving me a reason to use that just hardware. Just turn the thing on sometimes. Yeah. So you get exposed to the dashboard with, hey, here's all the hot games. Yeah. Oh, and... I have this. Oh, yeah, I have that. Yeah. On. Especially with like digi- sometimes digital stuff, I don't know what's on there for, for yep. months and yeah, months. Yeah, absolutely right. And like poking through the, you know, I turned it on for the first time this week because I had to capture some Gears of War stuff and I looked around. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that game. I didn't, oh, that's a cool thing. Yeah. Cool. It's like, and I didn't buy any of it, but, it's but like, still, still, like I didn't know it was there because I right. never turned that system on. It might encourage you to turn it on again in the not yeah. not as distant future. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> maybe you won't. Maybe I won't. <laughs> maybe something good. Maybe something bad. I mean, I know, yeah. like, the, I was it. Wario sixty four was saying that the pre orders for the Xbox One X are going to go up during the Sunday. They press do, yeah. Yeah, so um, pre-orders go up on Sunday as well. So if you guys are already sold and you want to buy it, you just want a high-tech console. <laughs> yeah, please tell us why. And yeah. Then, and then pre-order. Uh, look, I'm not going to judge anybody for wanting no. it. But if you do want it, pre-orders are going to go up. It actually will but probably see, it's like, be like Monday. It's like, but it's like, I mean, I guess there are hardcore Microsoft fans. For sure, this, for sure. But like... I understand that less than I understand the hardcore Nintendo fans, because at least with the Nintendo fans, like, if you want that kind of game, you want that kind of thing, Nintendo will eventually deliver it. Yeah, yeah. But with Microsoft, I feel like you're just looking at a giant howling void, and, like, unless, like, Halo is your life, and I apologize, because the last two lives you've had were not wonderful, but, like, I don't know what you're waiting for. Well, some people are going to buy this just because they want to play third-party games in the best possible fidelity, and I get that. If you're sticking Um, to consoles, this is the new... Yeah. The new best way to experience multi-platform. But I think only people with a ton of disposable income yeah. are going to buy Or this. no system. Right. Period. Or the hardest of the hardcore Xbox fans who are going to buy a new Xbox system no matter yeah. what. I mean, but, there's an element of, of that to me, but I, I, I feel like I'm really invested in the PlayStation architecture at this point in terms of... I have all my, my games. I play is. all my games on it. Um, it's too late. It's just like I was with Xbox 360 yeah. last generation. I've even gotten... Look, man, I never thought I'd say this, but I think I like the DualShock 4 better than the Xbox One controller at this mm. point. I don't like it better than the Elite, but that I but I, I use the, I use the elite on the uh, on my PC. Yeah. Um, but the regular controller, I kind of feel a little more comfortable on the on the DualShock Four. Maybe just because I've you used just it got so much used, more. You've got used to it. Yeah. Um, I still don't really like any of them tremendously. Other than I the still elite. like the Xbox controller a lot. It's still my favorite. Controller. I like the 360 better controller better than uh, the the Xbox One. It's, yeah, just, it's maybe. subtle, but it's there. Yeah. But I still think Xbox has the best controller, in my opinion, anyway. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about. 
No Man's Sky. We have not talked about this since our legendary throwdown. Speaking of just a year ago. Yeah. So speaking of just get it out no matter what it is. So, huge update after mm. the big ARG that they did that was brilliant. Um, comes this gigantic update mm-hmm. from Hello Games, pr- pretty much out of nowhere. Atlas Rising. Most people do not follow ARGs, so they had no yeah. idea this was coming. I mean, I was only vaguely paying attention to the ARG, because I, under- I don't understand how people figure that stuff I don't out. Either. So it's amazing to me. <laughs> I don't get it either. It's like, oh, and they pulled this out of this, and then we analyzed the, the sound and played it backwards, and we saw the waveform looked like an armadillo. And so we went to Armadillo, <laughs> Texas, and we went to... It's just like, how <laughs> the fuck <laughs> What do you do well, during the day? I don't know how they do it either, I, but I'm glad they do it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, I, the after-action reports are amazing, but yeah. it's just like, I have no, your brain works in a way that I don't understand, and I'm glad you're here, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, so, you've been playing through this new update. Yeah. And uh, off-camera, before we started, one of your biggest points was, if this were the game that was released a year ago when it launched... It would be a whole different story. Yeah, I don't think the reaction to this game would have been as violent as... Uh, <laughs> Which literally as it was. was. I mean, look, because I think we all agree, even you know, as someone who loved the, the, the vanilla game at yeah. one, played 150-some hours of it, uh, and picked it as my favorite game of the year, uh, with all its flaws, like, the people who were saying... I think at the time I said, the people who were saying this is a $60 early access game, like, I, didn't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And I think as we've seen them slowly... You know, they had the Founders update and the something other update with had the vehicles and stuff. Yeah. And um, then now we have the Atlas Rising update. I think as we've moved through all these three major updates, um, I think that theory has been proven correct. Like... What what we're, what you can go play right now after the Atlas Rising update and a few patches to make a few things work because there were a few bugs in there yeah, when they yeah. launched. Um, I think what we're playing now is what the game was supposed to be. It's what he promised. It was a year. Yeah, <laughs> not, to- I mean, not totally. I mean, there's still look the fact that multiplayer is just orbs looking at each other and yeah. like Fable style. And that's another yeah. Fable reference. Yeah. And then you talk if you interact with each other, a little monument gets put down that says these two players met each other here on this day. Uh-huh. And like, okay, cool, but yeah, like. I mean, there were interviews where he's, where people ask, like, what, can you see what you look like? He's like, no, but other people can see what you look like. So the only way to see what your character looks like is for another player to see you. And it's like, well, now we're orbs. So right. either, we're, either we're supposed to be orbs <laughs> carrying a gun and flying a ship, and no one's commenting on that. The fact that an orb wandered into their space station and wants to buy you plutonium. I never thought about the fact that there's no reflective surfaces in that no. game to see your character. Well, because there's a, in the story, because there's like a 30-hour story mode now. There's a story now beyond just follow the Atlas things to center. So there's a whole story mode now with all cutscenes and and, really? and, and and like radio chatter and like quests to do and like fly around and get this and talk to this person and do this and, and talk to these guys and learn these words and see. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here. Wow, like, like, that seems kind of at odds with what I've played of the game. Yeah, well, here's the thing: like it oh, because there's been hints of some of what yeah you know, the, the, this story because the story is essentially I'm not I'm, I'm not done with it. It's very long. Yeah, um, but I've kind of. And I can the the sad thing is like I refuse to start my game over. Oh because yes, I have a screw that. I have like two hundred million credits. I have a freighter. It looks like a star destroyer. Yeah. I am not giving this yeah. shit up. <laughs> but if you start a new game with the, with the way it's all been patched, I feel like this is all going to come together so much better than yeah. it did before. Because like it, all the stuff that I'm doing now clearly is supposed to happen in the first star system. Right. You're in. Yeah. It's just so, sort of like you know moving you into the game and introducing you how this all works. Um, but still, and like the thing I really like about it is, um, I don't know if you remember those, um, like you'd find the abandoned bases, the abandoned yeah, houses where like yeah. everything was overgrown with weird yeah. stuff. And like there was usually like you interacted with the console and there's a little like short story kind yeah. of thing about like 
very Lovecraftian, like, yeah, like weird, like for sure. Elder Gods. So that's totally what this is about. Oh, okay. Like, well, I kind of figured that was going to be the case. Yeah, though. but like the fact that they've embraced it and it, like it's it's like a it's like a Heinlein story told shot through the prism of H.P. Lovecraft, except not nearly as racist as that would be. Yeah. Um, so wait, in the cutscene, do they have cutscenes that show your character? No, but they don't. But there's an implication that you are not one of the other races or necessarily human. Oh, okay. Like early on, there's like a, there's a fourth race that's introduced. Where you find it's like somebody's like stranded somewhere in there. It's a it's another race you've never seen before, and you see them in hologram like when you communicate with them early on, and they're like, and they're like, they're another traveler like you, okay? Because you're constantly called the traveler right. or whatever, yeah. whatever or the jury whatever, and um, there's a point where they say, "Didn't you notice that you aren't like anyone else you've met on this?" Well, and I can't an, see my dancer. Yeah, well, there's an implication <laughs> that maybe you're. One of these these aliens, gotcha, one this okay. type of alien, or maybe you might be human. You know, whatever you want to think, it's it's left ambiguous so far. But there's this whole thing about like, yeah, reality is sort of shredding, and like this other character might be from another reality, and like you might be from another reality, and there might be like you might not belong here, and like the whole way the traveler thing works was you might be going through and cataloging stuff for another reality that wants to encroach on that reality, but there's like a whole Elder God Cthulhu thing going on. <laughs> like, it gets crazy. Wow. You know, like, there's some really cool, and I don't know is how it's going to Is it overt wrap. storytelling, or yeah. is it just finding like logs hidden here and no, there? No, there's like, you know, you communicate with people and fly places and talk to people, mostly on Is there voice acting? No. Because it's, it's just like, you know, it's, like, it's like, you know, it's like, gibberish. Like and there's yeah. like text boxes. Um, but it really fleshes out what's happening in the world. Like, you've got, you know, the portals work now, and there's an implication that maybe the portals don't send you to the same re- same universe every time, and like, you, there's no way to tell. Right. And like, but you can, but like, it's it builds like kind of the universe out, the world out. I don't say world because there's a lot of worlds in this game. Yeah. But you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's like it builds out the the reality of of what they're trying to say in a much more interesting way than than just finding a little luck. And I mean, it, even down to like when you go to those abandoned places now. Um, you know what? You usually, you, previously you just went up and interacted with it, right? Now yeah. you interact with it, and you have to clean it off. Oh. And you have to like like take junk off it and stuff. And sometimes you'll run into things where you have to like instead of just interacting with like the escape pod thing to get the blueprint. Uh, blueprints are all bought now from like vendors, so you have to get nanites. But like to get to some of this stuff, you have to repair it, and you have to like have the equipment and stuff to repair these things and all that. There's is so much more now. And like, is it you, a free update? Yeah. So if somebody were to go out and buy No Man's Sky right now, you'll have a lot of you'll have a lot of downloading to do. <laughs> you won't play it for three hours, but, but uh, when you do, but no, it's all free. Everything, for, no problem. Yeah, it's like a different game now. It's a totally different game. I mean, it's not a totally different game. It's still you still better like inventory management, crafting stuff, and wandering Resource around gathering. planets. Yeah, but like, and all, the other thing is they've redone the whole planet generating algorithm or whatever whatever it is and so the downside is the swagosaurus no longer exists like, no he like, does he, he doesn't just all, don't know where hearts. he is but out there somewhere <laughs> in that 13 billion star system well, yeah somewhere out there he's there and i will find him again yeah but he's not on the planet so you went back to the planet and he was yeah gone. that's my home base yeah. <laughs> is on that planet and there's no swagosaurus <laughs> anymore um there's still life, but they just regenerate. Because the thing is, they put a lot of new things in there. Like, there's there's airless planets, there's desert planets. The sandworms are supposedly in there somewhere now. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if anyone's found one, but there's exotic biomes now. So I've I have um, uh, footage that I think we'll put up here of, of a moon I found that I call the bubble moon because there's bubbles everywhere. And like it's like soap bubbles, like soap bubbles, like in the like there's little ones and big ones rotating in the sky. So and like, there's a lot more world. You, yeah, variety. you find these things, and it's just like it's. I mean, the soap bubbles don't do anything, 
but it sure looks cool. Sure. And it's yeah. like it's, it's a thing that you found that maybe someone else. I saw, I saw a screenshot of somebody. Cosmetics found, make a difference. Yeah, somebody I mean, found a world where the, all the, the whole ground is made up of hexagons. It's just like you look at it, it looks like it looks like a, like a Tron grid. Wow! Like, like all the ground is just hexagon shaped in, in like a in like a grid of hexagons. There's like that's not the No Man's Sky I know. No, and there's like <laughs> so now, and like now this is from the previous update, but you can build like buggies and yeah, and, yeah. and vehicles. Yep. So those vehicles can go underwater. Right, right. And you can drive around underwater and look at stuff, and there's stuff underwater. The other thing that I didn't even yeah, whatever happened to like all that crazy sea life that they showed in the trailers? Like I don't know, there's still some weird there's stuff almost in like there, dinosaur but... looking things. Like you where see, did all you, that stuff oh, go? Oh, you see them. Oh, you do. I mean, they don't do anything. That's the right. thing is the, the the animals are still there, and the animals are interested, and they still don't really do much. I've you seen... scan them. Well, you scan them, but I've seen more. Um, I've seen more predators chasing prey. That's about the only real difference I've seen. I guess yeah. they made. Um, you know, one of the things people complained was like, like the the it's called the Diplo uh, after like the, the like music the, the, producer the, DJ. No, after the Diplodocus, <laughs> oh, okay. the, the, the giant sauropod looking thing where you know, we saw like the giant yeah, yeah. sauropod dinosaurs and and no, people are oh it's not the game. they are in the game but they were just really rare so now you're more likely to find stuff of that body type and they're gigantic I mean they they really are big wow and. Um, and like the other thing, I didn't even know. There's so much more to, to discover. I didn't even know this um, until like three days ago. But if you're in your buggy and you've got your scanner, you can go up through the scanner and you can scan. You remember one of the big things that was annoying in the original, you know, the vanilla game was you had to use those little beacon things and yeah. like whatever. You, you picked like a, oh, find me shelter, find me some ruins or whatever. Yeah. And it would kind of randomly find you something. In the, on the buggy, on the, the vehicles, you can pick whatever you want. To detect. Oh, that's kind of huge, so pick, actually. You know, detect a, a, a drop pod if you want to upgrade your, your inventory. Detect a, a depot. Oh, if you that's go huge. Find equipment if you want. So like that, may, and that's free. You don't have to spend energy. You don't have to spend anything to do that. You, and in fact, you can get in your buggy, detect that, get out, get in your ship, and fly there. You oh, don't even nice. have to drive anymore. It just it just puts it on your map. Um, and then Which the end- just does seem kind of stupid. Yeah. Because it's like, why do I have to get in the vehicle to use this and then yeah, what, get out? What if I just strap this to the ship? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just going to duct tape yeah. the, <laughs> the buggy to the side of my but ship. But that actually it actually does bring up something that I think is a, another big improvement that started with this update, which is, so now, uh, the ship and the freighter and your suit have separate uh, slot sections for technology and cargo. Okay. So you have your main slot. So I have a yeah. 48 slot fully upgraded exosuit. Now there's a there's a technology section. So you click on technology, you can have up to like eight, I think, slots that are just for putting new upgrades in. So they oh, don't wow. so they don't take up inventory. That's slots. good. And then there's a cargo section which has more. I think. And is, wait, is that just for you because you've already expanded your main inventory? No, it's for so much? it's in for general. Everybody. It's for everyone. So okay. you, you choose when you go to the drop pods now. Instead of just upgrading your main inventory, you can choose which type to. That's upgrade. huge. And so the cargo. That's like a game changer. So the cargo inventory. You start with nothing, but you have to upgrade with a drop pod. I think it's like fifty thousand credits, and it goes. It's like seven million to fully upgrade the suit with yeah. the new. So the slots in the cargo section hold five hundred of an item, just like your Got ship you. does. Okay. So you can you can like in the cargo, and it's kind of awkward to swap them around, but you can still access them for crafting. So you can stuff you use all the time, like plutonium or like stuff like that. You can hoard that in your cargo section, and it doesn't take up. The main inventory, which you can then use for, because you're you're bringing like uh, objects and like specific items and specific like harder to find uh, elements and and substances around for more for crafting and like there's things you can, like so like you can do like the hydroponic stuff and you're so, so if you want if you want to make money because like some of the stuff costs a lot of money and uh, one of the other things they did is uh, you know there used to be that the crash the ship crash ship routine where like yeah. you, you find a crash ship you go there the ship either has one less or one more cargo slot than you have and you buy so. 
The way that works now is you can find ships because there's A class, B class, C class, and S class ships. And you can find ships that have way more cargo space than you have, but you have to unlock the extra space with credits. Okay. So, you, so instead of looking constantly upgrading by one slot, like for a thousand ships or whatever, right. you find a ship you like and it's got a bunch of slots, you can then just pay to unlock them as you as you play. Oh, cool. Instead of like hoping one day you find a ship that you like the look of but also has enough cargo space, now the cargo space is like something you unlock over time and you can stick with a ship much longer than you would have otherwise. So there's a lot of quality of life improvements. Yeah, in, I mean, there's tons of them. But Matt, do you think it's too late uh, for this game? Considering it I mean, hit, it already sold pretty well. They've made I mean, their it money. Sold well. It hit the top 10 Steam Did sellers uh, a few days ago. I mean, okay. that was right before the uh, the sale end. It was on sale for like 24 bucks, I think. Okay. Um, and it's at one point, I think it had like almost a million like, players or something. Wow. Or maybe it was 93,000. People came back. They absolutely came back for this for this game for, after this patch. And is it and worth it for our viewers to come back and play it again? Particularly right now, when right. as we've seen from this show, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot coming of good out stuff. Right I mean, here's the thing: if you're interested, if if it's been one of those things where you're saying, mm, I don't know, like like it's good, it's it's good. But I would I say pay sixty because it's back to sixty bucks now on Steam. Yeah. Uh, would I pay sixty bucks? Not really. But if you can find it on sale. Or for half price or something. Because if you're on the fence, I don't want to say, like, yes, go get it. It's amazing. Because I think it is pretty amazing now. But it's, it's also in comparison to what I played a year ago. Yeah. It is amazing compared to what right, they launched right. with. Absolutely. Um, but you still got to like a survival game that is a lot of... There's a lot of inventory management. There's a lot of looking for stuff. There's a lot of poking around. There's a lot of... You know, like the bubble thing. Like, if you watch that bubble moon footage and you're like, I want to see things like that. Even if they don't do anything. Right. Like, this is the game for you, but it's like, you know, it's, it's and people always, always compare it to Elite Dangerous, which I think is a mistake, because it's like... Elite, well, they're very different Elite games. Elite Dangerous is a space sim, yeah. which is trying to simulate what it's like to fly a spaceship around right. a realistic cosmos, and this is an arcade game, survival game, that's basically trying to simulate what it's like to live on the front of a book cover from 1943. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, a, it's a very different good. approach. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say, uh, you know... It's worth taking a shot at if you can find it at a price you're comfortable with. Okay. Um, would I say full price? Not unless if you played it last year and you got a refund or something because it just wasn't the game you wanted, even though you really wanted to like it. I think now might be the time to give it another shot. You might be surprised. I mean, there's the the improve. I mean, the improvements to the to the the planet generation. I mean, I've found pl now pl planets that are full biomes. I've found ones that are, have canyons and rivers and you know, cliffs that, like, come up over, like, valleys that are full of, like, rainforests and stuff. I mean, there's... there's I mean, again, it's, it's kind of turned into mostly the game that he promised. Pretty much. And, like... And the uh, game that was shown before it was released. Yeah, and... it, it's, it's certainly if this had come out a year ago or if they delayed it to now and it came out, I think people would have been like, yeah, this is pretty much what they said. It's maybe not as amazing as we hoped it would be in our heads. Right. But it at least isn't missing. I, th I would call this pretty much feature complete. Imagination point. is a dangerous thing. It is. <laughs> it's hard to topple. But there's so. a lot of stuff to be done in there. And um, and it's still, you know, it's still a little by the numbers in terms of like, you know, okay, you go up to the space station, you talk to this alien, the alien has the same, you know, interaction. But, and also like there's stuff that tracks things more, you know, so now there's things that track your relationship with all three alien races and all three there's all three guilds there's guilds now and you level those relationships up by doing thing you know like you level up in the space police bounty hunter guild by killing space pirates and stuff or like 
Um, it keeps track of how many words of each language. You know, it's basically it's it's like it gives you a lot more information to work with, and um, and it, it's much more friendly about going back to planets you've been to. You can just go to the the log and and pick the thing and say make that your target That's nice. and go back. <laughs> That's uh, you real can nice. teleport back to your base from every any space station. You can teleport to a, at least a certain number of space stations you already been to from your base. It sounds like Hello Games played the game like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> I think like, they, wait, why did we do this? I think they really did sit down because okay, there's little things where you're like a lesser developer would have you know, like so. Um, my base when I came. When I came back to the game, because of the regenerate terrain, my base was about 300 feet in the air. Because now it was a valley right. where it had been up there. <laughs> so I teleport in the base and I walk out and I'm like, what the hell? Like, what I do can't, I do? So, yeah. I can't get back. so I found another planet and I um, found another base uh, that I could move into. And this is on my PC game. My uh -huh. PS4 game, I'm still on the planet of the Swagosaurus, which is literally what it's called, by the way. <laughs> That's actually what I called it. Um, but I went, uh, so I went and found another base and a planet that I found acceptable. And I, uh, I switched that. And you, as soon as you switch your base, your base just appears. Oh, wow. You have to rebuild the whole thing. It you just, don't or you do? You don't. Oh, okay. It just, it just, whatever you've got in your old base, it just pops up in the new place. Well, that's good at least. And uh, so, there's so a lot again, of, they played the game. They played the game and they found, <laughs> oh, this, is, this is annoying. Let's not do it this way. So they did it the yeah. other way. Um, and there's enough stuff to balance that, like, you know, so you want to, like, so that you, you can, like, grow. If you want to make money... You can grow like uh, used to just. Run, I used to just run around and pick up gravitino balls all yeah. day using the glitch that lets you carry a hundred in a slot. So yeah, I made yeah. I made hundreds of millions of dollars do, listening to podcasts and just running around picking up gravitino balls. So their economy balls. is the economy is much better. The economy actually reacts to you. So if you if you sell stuff in a system, each system has a description of its economy state. So if you can find a rich system and buy because rich systems will sell stuff for less because they have a surplus. You buy that, go back to an industrial like supply and demand system, go back. But if you sell too much at once you lower the price. So, like, you can't just exploit that over and over, which I used to exploit all the time. So I had to come up with a new way of making money. The thing I'm doing right now is um, I set up hydroponics to grow um, cactus and something else. Cop uh, uh, I think it's mordite or copper. It's, it's like the, the plant. It, it doesn't matter. And <laughs> You're it, growing It's stuff. a couple of things. So you're growing, and you've got to grow a lot of it, but you grow enough of it, you make this thing called liquid explosive, and it sells for a million credits. No. So if you, I got a farm that's you're basically the, only making You're in the that. fireworks business. Basically, yeah. Let's <laughs> um, make a nitroglycerin. You're that little truck stop right at the border of Maryland and Pennsylvania that we would go to on July 4th. Yeah, selling well, it sounds like, intergalactic M80s. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like if people were hoping to get the game that it had been marketed as, they can get it now. Yeah, it's much closer to, and I think there's still some distance to go. There's a you lot think of, they're gonna do it though? You think this is it? No, I think there's probably one more you think? thing. I think, I think they- Probably not this big though. Well, I think there's gonna be another, uh, uh, I think they're gonna deliver on the multiplayer eventually. I think they're going to upgrade what because right now it's orbs looking at each other, but the joint exploration. I can thing see seems... because that was kind of the knife that was twisted a good bit at launch. Yeah. I think that was the, that one was of the, the things real thing. that he really couldn't refute. Right? Was that, really? Yeah, I did say that, and no, it's not in the game. Right. Of all the things that you know, because a lot of the stuff that he said was going to be in the game was technically in the game. It right. just wasn't very impressive. Yeah. The one thing that you cannot get around is he lied about the multiplayer. Yeah. There is no way in hell they didn't know that wasn't going to be. And it was still a year away. Yeah. And it's still not what he said it was. It's still not be. quite there. So. But I feel if they'd launched with the with the orb multiplayer. He would have had some explaining to do, but people, but, but people wouldn't have freaked out about it. And yeah. it would have been like, because look, 
And it's all, I mean, the thing that really hurt him was that, you know, even up to a month before release, he was still sitting there talking about multiplayer and in interviews. Do that? And there's no way it they makes didn't no know. No sense. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, he may have just been out of his mind after working. That could be. I mean, yeah. there are nights where I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. So I, right. <laughs> I feel a little sympathy for him. Uh, when you get to a certain but point, I gotta, working so many hours and getting so little sleep. You but feel I like gave them credit edge. for like the fact that those guys stuck. They did stuck they with stuck it, with and it. they made it more or less the game that they said they were going to make it. And I mean, obviously, there's all there's a lot of other things that we probably will never know about. Yeah, yeah. well, I like, think maybe someday we will. But maybe, but like if Jeff Keeley decides to go, uh, he hasn't done one of those in a long time. Do that interview and like because like there's stuff about you know how the they yeah, had the flood, which like you the know, final days which, you mean, became a problem. Yeah, which became a big problem with them. They had to basically rebuild a bunch of stuff in the game and then at some point supposedly Sean Murray sold his house to keep the lights on at the office and I mean these guys it, where's no clip at isn't that know. what no clip does shouldn't it yeah, be yeah it's true he's or, probably trying i mean i would think he's trying yeah what's what's O'Dwyer's next thing i don't know he, I, I just saw what his next thing was and i was like oh that's going to be good and i can't remember it what probably it is wouldn't be now. as good as this though no but like <laughs> You got. I mean, you got to wonder. Like, you know, so many people like riled up about it. You want to wonder. It's like, if you can, you tell the full story of this and not like worry about legal Maybe trouble. Not. Like, it could be somebody sue you for fraud in that situation. Because I don't. I feel like that's been dismissed. I don't think. Well, you wait seven years. Yeah. Statute of limitations. Statute of limitations. So if it. that is what that is in the UK. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yes. All right. We're gonna go from a game. Basically, I think we should go to Guildford, find these guys in a pub, and do it. Ask them. Yeah. Even if we don't put it on camera, I'm just like, I just need to know. <laughs> I need to know what happened. I'd love you guys. I don't. I don't want to, you know, ruin anything for you. But I need to know what you were thinking because the, I don't think anyone will ever know that. I mean, I don't think they'll ever be able to explain why he was talking about multiplayer a month before it came out. There's yeah. just there's no excuse. But for that. even if you watch those video, the, the old those interviews, he's got this weird grin on his face, like he knows he's gonna get killed later for this. But like he's just you like, just gotta it. keep going. You gotta it's be like, honest. You gotta admit it. You gotta admit that that you couldn't even get the orbs working. All right, we're going to switch from a game that came out and fell well below a lot of people's expectations to a game that came out and pretty much was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and that game is Agents of Mayhem. Yeah, (laughs) so it is. I mean, it is pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's not quite what I thought it was going to be, although it's very close. There's there's more Overwatch to this than I thought. Not in gameplay-wise, but in terms of how they present the team and the world... I feel like they're taking a lot of cues from Overwatch's lore. I also feel like it will not be the last game to do that. Yeah, I feel like that's probably <laughs> true. Um, I feel like you're going to get... Because like just the way they present... Everyone, everyone, a new agent gets introduced, they get a, like a 2D hand-animated cutscene yeah. thing where it shows their backstory, and then... You know, the, it's a team run by a bad guy who turned good, maybe. And yeah. there's, like, bad guys and good guys on the team, but they're fighting worse bad guys. And, like, everybody's got relationships with everybody. I mean, there's a section in everyone's, like, personnel file that just says relationships. And you have to <laughs> unlock it. Like, you have to play enough to unlock it to see what everybody's relationship with each other is. Some people are dating each other. Some people hate each other. It's like, yeah. And it's like, this is, this is the Overwatch fandom. It like, is, this is, yeah. this is what people do with the lore of Overwatch, except, and that's what they're t- trying to do here. It's just not nearly as interesting. Um, but it's not bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say is the aesthetics of the game are probably its strongest suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started this, I'm playing it on PC. When I started this, holy shit, the performance was terrible. Um, if you got in a car... 20 frames a second Whoa. on dual titan x's i mean it Whoa. was like the, the streaming of the the, the 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 asset streaming i mean 
just like choppy sound. The music would cut out. Like it would just hang for six to ten seconds yeah. sometimes. Also during combat once in a while. At one point it took thirty seconds to quit. <laughs> And then I upgraded the drivers. Oh. So I didn't have the NVIDIA game-ready drivers or whatever, and I upgraded them, and after that, it runs fine. It's crazy, though, that you had to get a separate driver just... I don't know what's in this thing that the old drivers just could not figure <laughs> out, but the, the new drivers fixed it. It runs it as, as a rock-solid That's 60. PC gaming. Woo, PC gaming. I mean, gaming. that's the kind of stuff you just so do. I spent a whole yeah. day just being like, oh, this game is just terribly optimized. And then I uploaded the drivers, and I'm like... Did you not oh, get an alert? Right. Like as soon as you no, booted up the yeah, game, that Nvidia, the GeForce experience doesn't talk to me anymore for some reason. Weird. Um, and sometimes I forget. I just yeah, don't yeah. remember. You, know, you just miss. And it also, it's like I don't know. I just didn't. For whatever reason, this game didn't seem too big to me. Like yeah. it just didn't seem that something that they push is like, oh, we did a whole update Driver for this thing. For this, yeah. I mean, Lawbreakers maybe, and they did. Lawbreakers yeah. are the same update, but it just didn't occur to me to check that. Um, also, because it's like it's not like there's anything in this game that felt like it would it require like it. a yeah. big crazy <laughs> thing. Um, but there it was, and so it runs fine. It's not fine a bad-looking game. No, it looks good. I like the art style, but yeah. it just—it just doesn't feel like it should. I mean, you can see that in the in the options, the little thing it says how much VRAM you're using. It's using like three, it's using like three out of sixteen gigs. It's yeah. just like you are not pu- you shouldn't be pushing this to the point that I'm getting drops. I mean, it's dropping from seventy frames a second to twenty frames a second, and then like you update the drivers, and it's like boom, boom, perfect, done, perfect. Um, so that, you know, took care of that. Uh, I, I've still, you know, got a couple people I know are, are having some performance issues just because they don't have super beast rigs. But right. I guess the uh, the solution would be, like, make sure you've updated your drivers because apparently this is really dependent on them. Yeah, it sounds like um, it. So I'm, I'm, like, three or four hours into it. Um, uh, and there is a lot of, you know, it feels Saints Rowy in the sense that it's got that coarseness and the dialogue and the writing. People say motherfucker a lot. Um, yeah, there's a lot of gratuitous swearing. Yeah, and, and gratuitous swearing in place of character traits, basically. Yeah. Uh, and some of it makes sense. It's, like, a, it's like, a kind of a lowbrow game. I a little mean. bit. Um, it's, I mean, it works, more or less. Uh, I think my main... I think that's actually the best way you could describe the game. Yeah. It works, works. more or less. (laughs) And it feels, I mean, I think Eurogamer probably nailed it the best when they said it's mechanically sound, but ultimately hollow. Yeah. Like, because I love the idea they're trying to do here, but I feel like they just didn't quite get there. Yeah, because it's like you have three characters you control at a time, essentially, yeah, so you that you can a, swap in and out. Yeah. So you're, you basically, you're picking Out of 12 total, right? Yeah, and you, have to, you only start with the three, and you have to unlock the others as you kind of hire them or, or do their missions and find them. Um, and everybody's got roles, so like basically you're trying to... When you go out and deploy, you have to pick your three, and you essentially want a balanced team, because there's th- everybody's got different abilities, but the, it boils down to you've got... Shield breakers, armor breakers, and giant killers. So shield breakers. So you get light, medium, and heavy. Essentially, not really. It's not really. It's, it's more about what, what kind of damage they do. So shield breakers do more damage against shielded energy shield opponents. Uh, armor breakers do more damage against physical armor, and giant killers do more damage against large enemies. Because sometimes you run into stuff like golems and giant mm-hmm. things. So you want basically, unless you're real confident, you want one of each. Uh, I have actually been running without an armor breaker. Uh, currently, because I don't like the only armor breaker I have, which is hard tack. Um, character's fine, but like he's shotgun based, and I just don't do sh- I, shotguns. And me don't get along. Um, so I've why well, is that? Too short range. I don't yeah. like. I just don't like it. I don't want to get in that close. I'm yeah. a long range. So my favorite character right now is Rama, who is uh, the uh, the Indian um, biogeneticist turned badass archer. 
<laughs> okay. She, so she's got a. Well, she there's a because of the apocalypse, whatever that has happened in this in this world, which I don't. Apparently, this this world is a spin-off timeline that was created during the events of the Get Out of Hell game, right? Which I've never That's played. That's of course sort of the loose tie-in yeah. to Saints Row. And Johnny yeah. Gat is in the game. He's one of the agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't. I, Johnny Gat is probably my number one. I don't understand why people like this character. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if people do like this character. So Johnny, the Johnny Gat thing has always felt to me like Volition is trying to make fetch trolling. Happen. Yeah, like. Like the fact that everybody is so distraught over his death in in three, and that everyone is so gung ho to bring him back in in four, yeah. I'm just like, who cares? Yeah, he's so he's just like a guy, dude. Like, it's just yeah. a dude. Now, admit, admittedly, he has some pretty cool animation in this game because he does a lot of shooting behind the back and stuff, and like, yeah. there's a lot of personality to the characters. I think they they did that pretty well. And that, again, that's kind of the Overwatch MOBA influence yeah. coming in there. And it's um, you know, you've got your arc, the arc, which is where you go, and like that's where all your upgrades and stuff happen, and like it feels like a cool little home base. And uh, it takes place in Seoul, a very futuristic Seoul, which is sort of like some kind of. It reminds me of like the '90s depiction of Metropolis in, in Superman, where everything's like the city of the future, and, right. and everything's like hovering around, and you teleport places and stuff. Lots of purple. Well, yeah, because you're still Saints Row. It's like, <laughs> it's like, like the, all Because the Fleur de Lis is from the Saints Row gang. It's yeah. the symbol of Agents of Mayhem. So somehow the Saints in this timeline are a superhero team right. run by a former supervillain named Persephone. Um, a very international. Like, everybody's from a different place. And it's very, it's a very diverse cast um, in every imaginable way. Uh it's like I like everybody who's joined the team so far. I've only got I think six of the agents right now, but I like everyone so far, um, even the obnoxious ones like Hollywood. Um, I like I, I don't like Hollywood's personality, but he I play him best. Is that <laughs> that's all that matters? Because he's he's a standard shooter. He's got a machine gun and he shoots a mach- he shoots a grenade out of his crotch and you like, and, his, and his super move he is he shoots a grenade out yeah. of his crotch. He goes like that and like, like it, just, and just shoots. A like grenade he just out. said that like all nonchalant. Yeah, he that's that's his game. <laughs> like, you know? He's the usual guy. Who shoots a grenade at him? And then, his like crotch. Your, his super move, it just you know makes him faster, more resilient. And right. sure his gun does more damage. And yeah. oh, and random explosions happen because he's the Hollywood action star. So right. things just blow up at random. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. They, I mean, when you activate it, he throws his shades on, and an explosion happens behind him. And he goes, <laughs> "Cue the music!" And like it's basically a Michael Bay movie for the right. next ten seconds. Right. It's pretty clever. Um, so I like. So I've been you know I've been rolling with like kind of a, a lighter, faster team right now. But I like the option. I've been, and then like I just unlocked uh, yesterday. Uh, you get a certain level, certain level, and you unlock like a big world map, and you can like Assassin's Creed. You can send like non-active agents out on time missions, and they bring back more stuff. There's a lot of crafting in this game, like yeah. crafting upgrades for your weapons and stuff. You got to find blueprints, and you got to craft the blueprints. You gotta... And every, like every other game, and everybody's got point. like the, you know the agents all have their own skill trees and all their own upgrades and they all have their own levels. So everybody's got like max levels twenty, and then you can I think you can use these cores to upgrade them beyond that. Um, but everybody upgrades on your team of three. Everybody gets the same XP, I think, more or less. And um, at least that's what but you it have seems to play like. with the characters too. You have to have them active. Yeah. To, so anyone back at the base does not get. XP, so you gotta upgrade everybody. You because like you know, it encourages you to use them yeah. all. and like it's interesting because they start. Level one, basically, and they usually they start with a, a mission that's just them. It's not a team of three. It's just you. You play as just them. It's called a special episode, and you play as just them in a, in a mission that's balanced for um, just you know them where they are, and they introduce you to their abilities, and that's kind of how it works. Uh, and then they join the team. You can do whatever you want, but early on, it's best to kind of 
baby them a little bit because uh, the th here's the thing: every time you go out in the, in the world, you can kind of pick the difficulty scale, and like the higher the difficulty, the more um, bonus you get for whatever. Right. It keeps up in the difficulty. I think it. I think it might do that. You mean organically? It's... Yeah. Like every time when I go back, I'm like, wait, I didn't have this on difficulty five, and it just moved it up to five because three really? three is the standard. Right. Add up to five, and I'm like, I didn't do that. I'm like, I'm like, and I'm wondering if they're starting to move it up because it's like you're doing too well, so we're gonna. I think they would alert you to something like that. This game may not do that. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh... it's a little... I think that's the biggest criticism everyone's leveling at it, is that it's like it's this big game with all these features. Its design is... I mean, it's crazy to think about a game with this kind of design getting the scores it's been getting. Mm -hmm. Because even three or four years ago, people would have been like, 10, 10, 10. It just shows you how games have evolved yeah. in general. But I think the biggest complaint is that it, it just doesn't feel that polished in a lot of ways. No, places. it's like... The game, it, I guess the way I describe it is it thinks it's a triple A game. Right. But I think it's a B, B right. list. I think yeah. it's a B game. I, I mean, you can watch 20 minutes of gameplay of the game and you, you'll see something. Also, that... you pretty much know what it is. Right. It yeah. does feel, I mean, the gunplay and the, the shooting and, and stuff feels way better than any of the other Saints Rows. Yeah. I mean, they, That's not saying a whole lot. Not saying a whole lot, but it's good. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it works. Yeah. Uh, the only yeah, I thought the gunplay felt great. I played it at E3, and yeah. I thought the combat. was The only fine. real complaint I have is um, uh, I don't think it alerts you well enough when your shield goes down. Nah, because uh, you have a shield and you have health, and you know basically, and and it's it does you know the Saints Row games kind of have this, especially the last two. Like it's real, it's kind of tough to die in those games. Like you don't really take a ton of damage. Yeah, and. Um, this game, you can die like that if you aren't paying attention and you're not using a tank kind of character. And uh, especially, it's very level dependent. So if you're up against the wrong character, wrong guys with the wrong character, you, you could be in trouble real fast. So like, I feel um, like this game I've, came out in the wrong month. That too. But it, <laughs> I, I, basically, I think it needs to alert you better when your health is low, yeah. and I don't think it does that very well. But it has the same problem that Volition's games always have, especially the Saints Row games, where, like, once you kind of have everything open and everything sort of, all the gameplay concepts are sort of introduced and everything, you know, and so now you've got your big, you know, list of missions you can do. Everything's there. You've got your quadrant, your first quadrant of the, of the city open, and you just look, and it's like, okay, here's the seven to eight mission types, Different mission types that yeah, I yeah. now have to do three it to five been, of each. And it it's has like, always been a problem with this yeah, game. And it's it just the, the, you know, the not just the repetition, but the fact that I don't find a lot of their mission type ideas very interesting. Yeah. And that's been a constant problem through Saint the Saints Row games. I mean, a lot of times their missions, there you're right, there's a handful of types that repeat. And I think they try to get mileage out of that with like props yeah. and gags. Yeah. Instead of actually like what you're doing. It's like, hey, here's this goofy weapon that you can use on this mission instead mm -hmm. of just changing what the actual mission yeah, is. Yeah, they have something like that in this called uh, Gremlin Tech, which is... Uh, well, then there was like the four-foot-long dildo that they had. Right. Say, I mean, so that's kind of, of their MO. The equivalent of that in this is the Gremlin Tech, which is there's a girl named Gremlin who builds the weapons. And so you've got Legion Tech, which is like upgrades to your main weapons and like cool up, cool new weapons stuff. Yeah. And then Gremlin Tech is... Uh, so those are permanent upgrades, more or less. Like you, you equip those on your abilities. Right. Whereas um, Gremlin Tech is like, you know, one-time use or like, you know, ammo-based. You have to craft the ammo over and over or find it. And those are the weird weapons. So there's like one that like, I have one that just shoots a ball that bounces around and blows up. I have one where uh, if you, every time I change characters, a nuclear explosion goes off. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, there is the, the, the crazy Props stuff is still there. Yeah. Um, and, but then it's like, I hope you like doing foot races through checkpoints because there's like seven of those. You Nobody know? likes it's that. It's like, it, it's just, and the other thing is like, 
there's I've done one where I can't finish it in time and I can't figure out what the problem like I, unless there's jump upgrades that I don't know about like none of my characters are can fast enough. are fast enough or can jump far enough to make it to these various like ledges they have to make it to so I'm wondering well, you probably if have to upgrade and come back later and do it they, later. They don't have any upgrades for stuff like that, though. Everybody kind of has a standard thing. Well, maybe a character that you unlock later on is faster. Maybe. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a long way to go in terms of, uh, you know, how many characters you can unlock. And they're, they're, I mean, I like them. There's I like 12 them. total, I think, right? I think right? so, yeah. Yeah. So, Matt, can you recommend that anyone buys this game? Because Not here's the thing. Not for 60 bucks. Yeah, because here's the thing. If it had come out in May or June... When there's this down period, and there aren't really, one, not any games like it coming out, but two, just not really any games coming out, period. It seems like a much easier sell then. Yeah. I mean, we're already seeing with this episode of Game Face, here come the games. Yeah. I mean, pretty much every episode of this show... Avalanche. ...from here on out is going to be like this. We're not going to be talking about frivolous topics, we're going to be talking about freaking games, which is great. But that that's not great for a game like like Agents of Mayhem. Like, it's like Uncharted... The Lost Legacy comes out next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another third-person shooter. Obviously, completely different tone. But how do you convince somebody to buy Agents of Mayhem and not buy? Yeah. I mean, Uncharted? if you if you just want game time, Agents of Mayhem is going to last you like sixty hours and yeah. do everything. But it's like, like even when I bought it, I was like sixty. Yeah, really? That's like hard. it doesn't feel like a sixty-dollar <laughs> game to me, and I don't like to. I don't want to be mean by saying right. that, but it's just like. And I, do, I also like a lot of what Volition does. I like the Saints Row games. I appreciate that the, the, clearly the people that make those games... Somebody at Volition is a Transformers fan because there's references to oh, Transformers yeah. in every single one of yeah, those yeah. games, even if it's just they name the various vehicles after Transformers that turn into those vehicle types. Right. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you put Stan Bush's The Touch in Saints Row 4. Um, I'm into it. But, yeah. like... This one, like, as much as I, as appealing... I mean, appealing ultimately, the rubber the, hits the road, yeah. though. It's as like... appealing as the idea is, I just don't think the game design is there, you yeah. know, in terms of the missions, like, you're act- what you're actually doing. I enjoy running around and blowing, because if you, you know, like, what you do in these open world games where, like, you find a guy, you shoot, the, you shoot a guy, it, you know, gives you a star rating, and then more guys show up and you kill those guys, you know, you get two stars. So if you yeah. do that long enough in this game... They send like kind of a mini boss after you, and even when you kill the mini boss, your star rating goes away. So it's like, so like you can kind of end up in this crazy like ten minute long firefight just off of like killing one guy. Right. And I enjoy that because yeah. otherwise you can run away and it'll go away. But like I enjoy that, and it's like it's, I, I I like doing that. But like I find that way more fun than doing any of the missions I've played so far, and that's a problem. That's for a game that big. Yeah. That's a big problem. And yeah. like so basically, I mean, I hate to say it because I like Volition and I don't want them to have bad things happen to them, but like I. I would have to say, like, wait until after the quarter one in- inevitable Q1 deluge next year, and if it's like, if you can find it for like half price, maybe pick it up then when there's nothing to play in April. Might be a fun game for people to mod as well. Yeah, that yeah, might be one of those true. games that people latch onto I, and do I crazy kept, stuff with. And I kept thinking about uh, on NeoGaf, there was a thread. Somebody made a thread like a week or two ago before it came out. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a while ago, but they made a thread about like. You know, is there is where is there where is the hype for agents of? Is there just no hype for agents of mayhem? But they made the thread on their phone and autocorrect changed it to: Is there no hype for agents of maybe? <laughs> and I'm like, that is the best name for this game I have ever. I, I, I'm like that done. And I ever one of the thread. It's like, oh, that's the game's name. Now. Like that's what. There's your there's your official thread title right there. That's pretty funny. And, uh, and it's not the official thread title. I think ended up being Aints Aints Row. Oh. Um, but uh, Agents of Maybe is kind of 
a great. I don't even know if you could give this game a maybe right now with the, all the Q4 stuff about ready to hit. And, well, I did it. So. Yeah, well, you had to yeah. talk about the game on the show or whatever. I, you know, recommending it to someone watching this, right. I think, might be pretty tough. So it's um, yeah. So it's like I don't dislike it, but it's just one of those things. Especially like you say, given what time we're in here and what's about, you know, what's looming on the horizon. You, got, you got better things to do in about a week. Yeah, so. not even a week, really. Yeah. All right, it's time for our trailer of the week. As I just mentioned, Uncharted The Lost Legacy is coming out next week. Uh, game has been getting... It was on my fantasy team, of course. So, of course, it didn't get great reviews. <laughs> That's just the way it is. From now on, every game I, I ever have on my fantasy team, you just know it's not going to do as well as you think it is. Uh, it's getting okay reviews. I think it's Metacritic's like 85 or something mm. like that. It's a good thing I picked Mario. Which is still really good, by the way. <laughs> you, but, you almost sabotage Mario Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, which is still pretty good, but when you're talking about yeah, Uncharted, uh, people seem to like it. So, the uh, launch trailer came out for it today. Figured we'd celebrate because obviously it'll be out next week before we do the next episode of Game Face. So here it is, the launch trailer for Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Three Persian invasions. Three separate wars. And all these years later, no one has found it. The Tusk of Ganesh. Wow. Spectacular. No wonder the Hoysala capital was ransacked. Their loss is our gain. A thief. You're working for a thief. Everyone's got to make a living. You were going to sell me out, weren't you? Let's get one thing straight. This is my gig. You want your share? We play by my rules. What's it going to be? Asav is getting a head start, and we need to hurry. We? I can't let Asav get that tusk. I will incite my civil war. Stamp out the bloodline of the young king. Starting with you. Let's go get our disc. And some guns. And some guns. Sorry, mate. What took you so long? Had to catch a train, love. Alright, so we're not live streaming this episode. So obviously we can't get questions from the chat today. And I did miss kind of having that interaction with the chat during the show. Uh, I feel like, I, mean, I definitely miss Sam. His empty chair makes me weep. <laughs> but uh, we did still get questions from you guys. We went on to our Discord chat, which has actually been around for like a year. And I'm so damn busy, I've never even went on it. I finally went on it this week, and I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. So uh, if you go to the uh, homepage of Sifted, and you look up at the top there in the carousel, there is a link to our Discord chat. And it is a live chat app with just Sifted users that's going literally 24 hours. Like the other night... I wrapped up work at like two or three in the morning and I went in there and I said, time for bed. And like five people were like, good night. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm the only one who should be crazy enough to be up right now. Uh, so it's rocking around the clock. It's a great place to go and chat with your fellow sifters. Check it out. 
And uh, I went in there today and asked people for questions for the end of the show. So we have a nice little selection here. Uh, I, I actually went, forgot to go back in and tell people, okay, we have enough. So I'm assuming while I've been sitting here, people keep <laughs> adding questions into the Discord chat. But uh, here we go. First one is from Johnny Hurricane. Uh, outside of Mario, what game are you two looking forward to the most for Q4? Hmm. This is kind of a cop out, but the DLC for Horizon. Hmm. I don't think it's a cop out. Why would it's, it be a cop out? It's not a game. It's a it is DLC. a game. It's, it's, a, it's a DLC expansion, but that it, is the thing. It appears that I, to be pretty. Yeah, it's beefy. meaty. Yeah. yeah. That is the thing I'm most looking forward to in Q4. Uh, probably even more than Mario, frankly, because wow. I, I love Horizon. Up until yesterday, I wouldn't have said this game. But then the PR person contacted me and said, hey, do you want beta codes for this? And suddenly I became very excited. So Call of Duty World War II. Mm, that was going to be my other pick. Um, I'm excited to go back to World War II and shoot some Nazis. I fully expect to probably be disappointed by this. I had to actually do a bunch of capture for old War, like Middle of Honor, Alley of Assault, and some other games like that. And like, you know what? I miss the World War II stuff. Like, some of that stuff was pretty good. I just think I'm sci-fied out at this point. It's like every... Sh- I just played a ton of Lawbreakers and Destiny 2. And all those things are just kind of starting to blend together at this point. And uh, it is something absolutely different it's funny that Mm -hmm. we've come full circle a decade later and now world war ii is something different suddenly it's fresh but but that's the truth it really is at this point it's something completely unique so if it if it weren't for mario and i i should probably clarify too i'm not (coughs) looking forward to the campaign as much as playing multiplayer world war ii era multiplayer Mm. i'm highly i'm the other way around oh really you're excited for the campaign i'm not excited but i'd like to play it i just feel like i've played through all those stories so many times already yeah but i'm a history fan so i i don't mind seeing a new take on it also man i went back to play some i played the original medal of honor this week on playstation one oh wow i'm like yeah even the pop people thought that thing was like a it god at the time. I mean, that thing, that thing's pretty advanced. And yeah. I mean, there's, uh, you, you throw the grenade and they kick it away. Or they yeah. throw up. I mean, there was there was some real stuff happening there. But like, man, those graphics hard. PlayStation One games really hard to go back to. The dog with the, like the triangles for legs. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Everything with triangles for legs. Uh, next one from Rowdy Wabbit. Uh, what are your thoughts on Epic sending out review codes for an early access game? Is Epic expecting Fortnite to be re-reviewed when they think it's ready? That's a good question, because <laughs> uh, I don't think it will be. It will definitely not be. Yeah. Although I, I am kind of surprised sometimes, like a lot of people are reviewing Undertale again this week because it finally came PS4 out on release, PS4, yeah. and uh, but it's like, dude, there's millions of reviews right. for Undertale. I don't know Although why I, you would pay someone to review uh, Undertale. I think the the main reason I would uh, be interested in a review of PS4 for Undertale would be how well it uh, made the jump to a to a console essentially cuz some some of the some of the ways you you fight no, like, you're right. it was easier with a mouse i no, would you're say right. and did they you're absolutely right. did they uh, but you could that's like a one worth, paragraph yeah, i don't know if that's worth 150 <laughs> bucks to a freelancer but like yeah uh, i mean we're kind of caught up in this whole pay for early access thing right now mm-hmm. i mean we saw with uh, we happy few that was on early access that was like $30 now it's coming early next year as a full $60 release um, at this Fortnite, you think that can sustain that? I don't know. That's a, they said they've quintupled the size of the game or whatever. Deep Silver, or is it Deep Silver that's publishing it? It got picked up by a publisher. That sounds right. We Happy Few It did. seems like a Deep Silver game. Yeah, it does kind of make sense. Much like Shenmue 3. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah, Shenmue was just picked up by Deep Silver as well. Um, Looking forward to the, uh, the release schedule for that, just like Dead Island 2. 
I mean, I have never seen a game that when it went on sale, people already knew it was going to eventually be free. Mm. Like, games have been for sale and then become free or yeah, free to really play. Yeah, I really want to play Fortnite. Yeah. And it says apparently a million players are playing it right yeah, now. I mean, it worked. Uh, apparently. Um, How much is it? 40 bucks? 30 bucks. 30 bucks? For Fortnite. Yeah. 30 million. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much they spent developing that. It's been around for a long time. I'm not quite getting your question about sending out review codes for an early access game. You mean at hoping that publications will review it based yeah. upon its early access? Based I mean, on what it is now. I don't really care about that. No. I mean, if that's what they decided they want evaluated... I mean, that's their fault. If they're, right. if they're encouraging... And I look, I got a free review code, so I can't mm -hmm. say anything. But if they're encouraging the press to review it at this state, then that's their that's choice. It. Also, I mean, look, this, is, this also makes more sense to review it now for the consumer, I think, because right now is the time they're demanding 30 bucks for it. Yep, you're so, right. Yeah, when it's free, who cares? You can just download it for free and check it out for an hour. Yeah, and always, like, we used to, get, we used to get that on X-Play. We used to get people constantly asking, what was that, that free MMO RuneScape? Was that yeah, RuneScape? one of them. Constant request to review that game. We're like, it's free. Play it. Try yeah, it. Who, why ca you like, who cares what we think? Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, them sending out review codes is what they should have done yeah. because they're asking people to pay for it. So, yeah, I think they actually did the right thing uh, as far as sending yeah. out codes for us to evaluate the game and making sure you guys knew before you paid for it whether it was worth paying for yeah, it. Yeah, and certainly it's worth, like, commentary on, you know, how it's come along once it goes free to play. But, A, I think most uh, outlets can do that, you know, through other channels, through their podcasts or through whatever or separate videos they put up and also like there's going to be no shortage of community videos about you know whatever the changes will be so we talked about it obviously at length so uh cartoon tom do you guys think shadow of wars loot boxes will pay off for warner brothers and potentially begin a new trend for single player games or can you see it being a case where a publisher has taken a step too far like deus ex's augment your pre-order. Um, I talked about this already on DLC um, a couple weeks ago. So Matt, why don't you take this one? Um, I think. Well, my guess on this, I don't have uh, like solid info on this, but my guess on this is because they just showed, uh, they announced uh, basically the end game of the game was the Shadow Wars, yeah. where basically once you take over all of Mordor. Sauron starts coming at you, yeah. and so basically you have to defend your all the places, your fortresses you've you, you've taken. You got to hold them. If you lose them, you got to take them back. And if you win that, you get the quote unquote true ending of the game. My theory is that the loot boxes are going to be very tied to that part of the game because I think that's going to be very hard, and I think you're going to have to set up, your, equip your fortresses, and equip your orc commanders, or whatever for each fortress, like with good gear, and I think you're going to get a lot of that stuff out of these loot boxes. Um, the question here is... It's all about drop rates, really, is what it Drop rate, but the question here is, is that part of the game, or whatever part of the game they're focusing on for the loot box necessity, is that going to be too hard to play without excessive grinding? Is it going to make it not fun unless you're willing to spend money on these loot boxes? And I think once you cross that line, you make me angry. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping they balance it so, like, it becomes, you know, EA kind of does that too, where, like, there's things you can buy, like, whatever for need for, if you want to unlock all the cars, you want to, like, yeah. like if you want to just jump to completion and pay three bucks for it, cool. But if this become if they balance this wrong and it's like you have to buy some of these loot boxes to be competitive in this end game thing, that's going to be a problem. People are not. Gonna, I don't think people are going to react well to that. No, they and, won't. I mean, that's why I said it all goes back to drop rates. Yeah. If you if you're earning 
a ton of crates in-game with your in-game play, but you're not getting the stuff that you need to succeed at the game, mm -hmm. that's where it gets crappy. Like, I feel like Injustice struck a good balance on that. Injustice yeah. 2, rather. It struck a good balance with that. I never felt like I had to buy currency or crates. I felt like they, the game gave me enough that I was well-equipped for what I needed to do and what I wanted to do. So, you know, Warner, so that's Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers, I think, got that balance pretty, pretty good in Injustice 2. So if they can continue that trend with this one, obviously it's a very different game. Yeah. Uh, but if they, they are generous in the same way they were in Injustice 2, I don't think I'll have a problem with it. Does it is it going to make it a constant staple? I don't know. I mean, like the, su the success of the card pack thing with Microsoft hasn't caused everybody else to start doing card packs. So it's like... I feel like every big publisher is sort of looking for their extra monetary flow thing, and there will probably be a permutation of this for each publisher eventually. I don't know if it's going to be this that will set the standard, but well, I guess we'll see. I think the other thing, too, is that if people pay for the loot crates, the drop rate should not change from playing right. in-game. Yeah. It should be the same. You have the same chance of getting high-level stuff if you pay for it as you do when you yes. earn it. You cannot give people the ability to pay to get the easy way out. That's my opinion. So I think that's more important. It all comes down to database and number yeah, crunching well, and I think that's more important in a multiplayer game. Like for if, sure. if you want to you know if you want to real cash cheat your way to, you know, well, that was what I said on DLC is that I care more about this in general <laughs> in mul in multiplayer yeah. games. Is where it, like if you want God single player you, it's you, like yeah, if you want to cheat your way through real money to godhood in a single player game like Okay, if that's yeah. what you want to do with your money. Yeah, but like, it doesn't affect me. My main concern is, is it going to be playable and completable without paying, grinding if I don't want to pay anything? Because yeah. I don't. So, And that, again, is game balance. And also consider that one day... Drop uh, Also consider that one day, uh, whatever servers you need to use to buy this shit will be gone. And if you ever want to play Shadow of War again, you know... EA figured that out a little bit with Mass, you know, Mass Effect Three, right. where everybody was worried, like, well, what about the time when you, can, you know, there's no one playing co-op, we can't do that. And of course, you know, they rebalanced it, and like the DLC, in addition, basically gave you more war assets than you could ever need. Yeah, and it basically made that aspect of the game irrelevant. Um, hopefully, if you know Warner Brothers has an eye to that on this, or, or or makes it irrelevant to you know easily complete, not easily completing the game, but it's like. Like, I don't want to feel pressured, yeah. I guess would be the way I put you. it. And, uh, and pe I mean, people freak out about these things and they go crazy. I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot if, to see if they did it right you know, before. I'm not going to, like, say, no, I'm not going to buy your game because you have microtransactions. I don't care. Right. Single just... play Again, it goes to single player multiplayer. It's like single player, yeah. I don't care. It's like, as long as you don't do whatever screw you want to do. Yeah, as long as you're not screwing me, yeah. I don't care what everyone else does. Yeah. Multiplayer, that's where it starts to get dicey. Mm -hmm. uh, Rex Fury. With Sonic Mania getting rave reviews, that might be a little extreme. Uh, and I am assuming selling well. Can you see Sega getting Christian Whitehead? There's his name. We got, his so name. we got the name from chat, even though there was no yeah, chat. Look at that. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Uh, see Sega getting Christian Whitehead and Gang to make a sequel. Also, can you see them doing something similar with their other IP, like Streets of Rage, perhaps? Um, I'd love to see them do that with Streets of Rage, even though they, they already shut down that yeah. fan game from several years back. Yeah. Um, I think people were hoping they were going to do something similar to what they did with Christian Whitehead with that situation, but they didn't. The one 
ray of light there, I would say, is that the Streets of Rage games have made it onto the, the 3DS uh, Virtual Console. Yeah. In, in like a revamped... Shows that they like, still know it exists, at yeah, least. Yeah, <laughs> in a revamped like 3D conversion yeah. way. I mean, it's, it's a it's a They actually did some work on work. it, yeah. Um, I, would, I mean, the thing is, like, beat-em-ups just aren't really a thing anymore, unless you're Castle Crashers, really. Um, I would love to see Streets of Rage come back. I would love yeah. to see Altered Beast come back in some form that was not that terrible game from a few days. Same with Golden Axe. Like there's a lot, you know, yeah. there's a lot of good Sega properties that are just languishing uh, somewhere. But this was a perfect storm, though. Yeah, this was a franchise that was beleaguered, that fans were pissed off at the act- at Sega for how mm-hmm. it had handled it. You had this fan who had been making great Sonic games. And you had the fans saying, hey, let this other fan make the game. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Sega's off the hook because if it comes out and it's crap, it's like, you asked us to let this guy make mm-hmm. the game. This was a perfect storm for Sega. And it just so happened that the game came out amazing. Mm-hmm. So It's also a really big contrast to how Nintendo handles this right. situation. Right, oh, yeah, where it just, shuts, well, yeah, where it just yeah. shuts things down or whatever. But do, do I see this happening again? With No, I really no. don't. I mean, I think Sega is looking towards... A sequel, yeah. A I, sequel, I do but I also, th- I also see Sega looking towards bringing back their older IPs. That is a, a thing they're working towards right now. Just not the fans Probably doing. not in this right. format, in, yeah. in, this, in this approach, but I think you will see them attempt to do that. But, you know, they could do worse. If they're going to bring Streets of Rage or Golden Axe or something like that back, or Shinobi, fingers crossed, I would... A Sonic Mania equivalent of Shinobi? Oh, I would give you a lot of money for that. But I think I might be the only one. But, um... Like, at the very least, I would hope that Sega asks Christian Whitehead what he thinks. Yeah. You know, they're going to make... The man seems to have a head for this, you know, this this style of gameplay, the 16-bit gameplay level design. Um, I I wouldn't mind seeing him consult on future things, even if he wasn't directly making them. For sure. But I have a feeling he's going to make a sequel to Sonic Man. I would think so. I would bet. If I had to bet, I would bet on it happening, for sure. Uh, Next run from... Next run... Next one from Shelburne. With Lawbreakers tanking and Hellblade not setting any records just yet, do you think the $30 AAA game can work after all, or does it need a bigger publisher boarding the train, which is probably not going to happen anytime soon? I kind of talked about this a little bit yeah. during Hellblade, about how now Ninja I mean, Theory's kind of backed into a corner of, like, mm. we can make an awesome game for, like, hardly any money. Yeah, they don't have to take that contract, though, if somebody right. comes knocking, but, like... Um, I, I mean, I think Hellblade isn't setting any records, but it doesn't need to. I think Lawbreakers has to do way better than Hellblade does. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lawbreakers' also, team wasn't that big. It was probably like 30, 40 yeah. guys, something like that. But I feel like it needs... it needed, I, I think they were hoping for better than they got. Well, and, they also had a publisher. Yeah. Whereas Hellblade didn't. Yeah. So, NCSoft floated the bill for a lot of stuff. For Lawbreakers. Is that Nexon? Is, NCSoft? is it Nexon or Nexon. is it NCSoft? That was Nexon. Whichever one it is. And I do always confuse it as two publishers. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Whichever one it is, they floated the bill for pretty much everything. Like, there was very little risk on the part of Cliff and his co-workers as far as whether Lawbreakers does well or not. They were getting paid the whole time making salaries. They weren't mm-hmm. like, okay, we got to sell X number of games so that we can all put food on the table or whatever. So... They did have the backing of... Yeah, Nexon. A, a, it's Nexon. Yeah. So they did have the backing of a publisher, which makes a difference. Um, 
I don't think the price is the problem with no. lawbreakers. Like lawbreakers, I think the market is the problem. They're, they're, yeah, they're crowded. It's just saturated, and it is different. That's the crazy thing. It is not like other mm -hmm. shooters. It just doesn't look different. That's yeah. And we talked about it the last. I think the last episode fair. you were here. We were yeah. talking about how the silhouettes of the of the right. characters make it tough. And, and that's not fair to lawbreakers. Uh, that that that's a factor, but it is a factor. I don't. I wouldn't say it's unfair. I mean, they could have looked at the market and look. That is one of the easier things to change right is a character model but we like, always say like you know want to you know don't judge the book by its cover yeah you know, go, i mean i love lawbreakers i'm yeah. having a blast playing it but the truth of the matter is when you're in a market full of really character heavy not even just shooters just games in general mm -hmm. and you have these generic looking soldiers it's going to be hard to stand out and you know you talk about how things like streams get people on board like watching lawbreakers it's impressive to watch because it's so fast and, and the traversal is incredible um, and it looks different, but it, there's, it just doesn't have that spark where you can just, mm -hmm. you know, you're, it's late at night. You're flipping through streams and Twitch. You're, it does not catch your eye. Yeah. And that's something that Overwatch does just like that. People notice Overwatch in more character-driven games. And it's like when you're flipping through channels, like, well, it's not even flipping through channels now, but... I mean, I even know Overwatch is from the color palette. Yeah, just like you can see a little flash, but it's like, oh, that's Overwatch because that's, yeah. that's certain tan color. And even Agents of Mayhem. Yeah, like it's distinctive looking, even though the game itself is extremely rote, and you know the gameplay mm -hmm. is nothing. They're kind of different ends of the spectrum, there, aren't they? You have Agents of Mayhem with a distinct look that's memorable. Gameplay is like whatever. Then you have Lawbreakers, yeah. which is the gameplay is amazing and the look is whatever. And uh, neither one of them, I think, are going to be incredibly successful. Yeah. Um, so, there's no easy answer, but I don't think the problem is the $30 game. I think if, imagine if Overwatch launched at $30, would the $30 price tag be a problem? Heck no. Like, no. <laughs> it wouldn't be at all. It really just comes down to the game itself. Is it worth the 30 bucks? And mm -hmm. I think Hellblade is going to sell great. It's already sold 300000 on PC alone. I think it's going to sell. I, I mean, I think word of mouth is going to carry it a long way, and then I think again it'll get another surge near the end of the year because I think it'll be at the game awards. It'll yep. be mentioned in game of the year lists. I think uh, it's, and I mean, Cliff said the same thing about Lawbreakers: it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so maybe maybe a similar effect will happen on Lawbreakers. But I think Hellblade is a much shorter marathon to run. Yes, without a doubt. All right, here's our last question of the day: What is taking Ubisoft so long? And you could basically ask this of pretty much any publisher. To create a Players Unknown Battleground mode for Ghost Recon Wildlands seems like easy money. I mean, you could ask any developer of any shooter right now this question, mm. and I my guess is they're all working on them. Probably all working on. I also don't think it's as easy as we think it might be. Yeah, because I think you you have to. That's a very large area that that game takes place in, and yeah. some, it's not all engines are built for that. Wildlands feels like it should be a pretty simple mod. But my you argument don't know. would be, you though, don't know what the difference is. I think one of my complaints with PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds is that the area is too large. Like, I feel like there's mm -hmm. too much downtime and time where you're just not doing much of anything. Yeah, but it's like, I'm not, I haven't played too much of it, but it's like, I've watched enough of it to know it's like part of the appeal is the downtime because it's like it's like how you gotta let the horror movie breathe. Yeah, like I get that. When the action happens, it, it makes it even better. I think. Um, which also makes it kind of like bad for people with not a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so. I, but those matches turn over really quick. Yeah. But look, you could do a mode where instead of a hundred players and a thousand square miles, it's fifty players and mm -hmm. fifty thousand square. Like you could. There's ways you can truncate the idea right. 
and encourage a lot more confrontation and quicker match turnover as well. Mm-hmm. Not that that's really an issue with players. It is a scalable, rounds, I mean, by definition, because of how the game works, period. Right. It's scalable. It totally so is. It just depends where you want to start that circle. But I would not be surprised if we start seeing this mode in, like, This feels like a no-brainer to me. Or it's like a DLC, anything. like, for... Even for, like, Call of Duty World War II. Yeah, like... like <laughs> I, I will be a little surprised if at some point during the course of the Call of Duty World War II season pass there isn't a permutation of... Uh, everyone calls it PUBG, but I think it should be called Poobug. Um, <laughs> a permutation of that, like, maybe combined with a zombie mode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it feels like it's just right there. I mean, here's the thing too: is that like you know, Blue Hole, the developer behind Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, only has so many resources. It did get some investment apparently from mm-hmm. Tencent or something like that. Although I think that may have ultimately been debunked. But man, I you have. I don't these... know if the inve- they, they were, there was rumors that uh, Tencent had acquired part of them, and yeah. I think that was debunked. But there, uh, there are juggernauts out there like EA and Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. That could throw money at this concept yeah, I mean, and very quickly make Players Unknown Battlegrounds seem right. the question, irrelevant. The question remains, like, are they even are those companies even done having the meetings about this game? Right. You know, like, there's so much red tape. The, and, there's a lot of these some of these corporations can move real slow when it can you, know, you remember trying to explain Money to, can make stuff go real fast. Yeah, though. but you remember trying to explain what streaming was to some of these, you know, right. some of the large companies we've yeah. worked for, and yeah. like you know, in, you're sitting in that boardroom and they're just like what? They, wait, they what? They, they, just, wa- they watch they people watch play, video, people games. play <laughs> video games? <laughs> yep. Like, so, I, look, I, I get the spirit of your question. You're asking, yeah. like, why aren't more publishers and developers jumping on this phenomenon? And I think that they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's just you're going to see, like, a year lag time. I think at next year's E3, and it may be too late, uh, but I think at next year's E3, you're going to see a metric ton of PUBG, or whatever you want to call it, clones. Poobga. Poobug. Poobug. <laughs> I wish they had, that Gamer just named something that was easier to say. Yeah, well, I mean, sure. you, Battlegrounds is too generic to trademark, so they had to do yeah. something. So they, well, so that's they the went, guy's name. Yeah, well, they went the, the American idea. McGee route. That's fine. Yep. So, all right, that's it. That's it for Game Face episode 98. Hope you guys are having a great weekend. Uh, again, apologize that the show's going up a little late, but there is a ton of work that is going to go into this show after we leave this studio to get it up for you guys. So hopefully you can understand that. Normally done by Sam. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's the beauty of the TriCaster. It's like we leave here, it's just done. Mm-hmm. Now I have to give it to an editor who has to put it all together. But, uh, so don't forget, Gamescom kicking off real soon. Uh, you're probably watching this on Saturday. Uh, the next day, Sunday night, is when Microsoft's press conference goes down, and then it's just on from then on. So stick around on sifted.net. It's the only place you need to go for any convention coverage. So everyone have a great weekend. Game Face is up and out.